Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Moana. I am Moana, Motuni. You will board my boat and restore the heart to Tafiti. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is Abe is not only not here, he's not even in the country right now. He's he's left. He's on a secret mission. We will we'll hear more about that when he gets back. But for now, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 265, 265, and this week we are talking Moana. The newest film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. And uh, joining me today to discuss Moana, we have, speaking of Anna, we have Mo of Anna from the Newport Beach Film Festival. <laughs> She's looking so shiny. It's Miss Anna Bosch. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> and from Game Revolution, he's just here to hear you say, you're welcome. It's Peter Paris. Hey, you're also awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How are the two of you doing today? Really well. Doing good. It's rainy. It's a little rainy. Yeah. It's been nice. Sun's peeking out. It has been rainy. It's it's where I'm in West Hollywood and it's not rainy right now. It has been rainy the weekend though, but right now it's pretty nice. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Happy post Thanksgiving to everybody. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving. Got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, get to some show notes stuff real quick first. Uh, first up, uh, commentary track. We have a new commentary up for the arrival, the 1996 Charlie Sheen. Underseen gem, uh, Scott Brandon and I and Cullen from the Colt Cinema Cavalcade podcast, we all talked about the film The Arrival <laughs> in full, so you can find that now on iTunes and Audio Boom. Um, <laughs> you, like, you guys like our commentaries, and so that's our newest one. Who uh, doesn't like those? Yeah. Let's see, what else? Well, we do have Anna on with us, and so I should uh, remind people that you mm-hmm. can sign up to be an intern for oh. the Newport Beach <laughs> Film Festival. Do you, want, do you want to talk a little bit more about no, that? No, that's still happening. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you, you want to... You said much about it, so thank you. Anna is the director of interns there, and if you're in the SoCal area and you want to work for the Newport Beach Film Fest, we'll see what that would be like. You can email her at interns at newportbeachfilmfest.com. Uh, let's see. What else? iTunes reviews and ratings. It's good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log on to iTunes, search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can give us an iTunes review and or rating. You can give us a star rating. You can even write some words together for a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Pop us up in the old uh, iTunes charts. Um, all right, that's out of the way. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's uh, try to set the tone for the podcast by playing some everybody. Uh, ask each other a few questions. Better get to no know everybody. everybody. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna start this one off. Okay. Who do you guys think is a better cook, Moana or Maui? Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Moana just because she seemed very resourceful in the film about like, hey, we can just build things over there and you know kind of go about in that way <laughs> okay <laughs> and she did pack some food with her when she went on her voyage so i didn't see anything with maui about eating anything <laughs> i would say the answer kind of depends on when when it's um happening because at the start i would say for sure moana because um he, the other character he's he he relies so much on his um magical abilities and everything and so it's not really towards the until the end that he starts getting his hands dirty which would also make me think maybe he'd be good at cooking and stuff so 
Yeah, I can think it would depend. In general, I would say Moana, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe later in life, he he becomes a good chef or something. I I think the jury is out because I think Maui's probably packed <laughs> some skills that we're not not completely sure of yet. So, you know, Moana, right. <laughs> Moana, Moana two, when we meet in Maui's extended family, well, you know, they might be having some kind of like luau competition or something. I don't know. But he's he's a big guy. He's got to eat him. He's got to feed. He's been living on an island by himself for years. <laughs> He had to be doing something. True. Oh, that's true. He had to survive. Yeah. I mean, he is a demigod, so I don't. I don't exactly know what the kind of eating responsibilities of him are required. Like, is he? Does he even need to eat? Does he even need to eat? Is he like working out all day to keep those muscles going? Like, I don't know how that works exactly. <laughs> I like right. your answer, but I'm still gonna go with Moana. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still gonna go with Moana. All right. <laughs> When Moana 2 comes out in 2022, <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit this question that I'll be sure to remember. We'll find out then, for sure. <laughs> Looking forward watch to it. The, watch that be a major plot point in Moana 2. <laughs> the Dark Ocean Rises, obviously, will be the title. <laughs> Anna, do you have a question? Yes. So, if you guys could have an animal for a sidekick, what animal would it be? Hmm. Would this animal be able to talk? You can have your sidekick, your animal sidekick, do whatever. Okay. So it can talk. Does it have to talk? Okay. I know a lot of them in the films that we do see, it's a mix. Some of them do and some don't. So hmm. I'm going to keep it open for you. <laughs> talking animal or non-talking animal. <laughs> I assume I get some kind of hilarious celebrity voice for my sidekick as well. <laughs> hmm. I'd probably still go with the cat. I have cats, and it would be kind of cool to have a sidekick cat that talked. So <laughs> I'd probably go with like a big bear. A bear, really? Yeah, that just seems like. We're gonna house that guy. <laughs> it, that's well, big, it'd be that's... a talking bear, and so because he's you know talking and sentient, like he can take care of himself. Like you know, he's like Chewbacca essentially in that scenario. Like he's probably <laughs> taking care of himself. Like you know, we hang out. It's like he, at the end of the day, he goes to his own. He goes to his house, and I go to my house. <laughs> I would have thought like you would say like a mantis or something since you've been taking so many photos. Yeah, but they're small. Like, what are they going to help you with? A bear? It's like no one's going to mess with me for one thing. I could ride a bear, probably. <laughs> I see. Okay. You can help like get you know honey out of trees for me or something, <laughs> even though I don't like honey. So I don't know what I'd be. You know, I could sniff out bees. You know, all kinds of all kinds of things that bears would do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was. That's surprising, but fun. I think I would go for a butterfly. A butterfly? Yes. <laughs> would it be a talking butterfly? It would be a talking butterfly. Okay. Just like whisper things in your ear. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, there's nectar over there. Let's <laughs> walk that way. Well, thank you for okay. those answers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad to know, like, you know, that darn cat's over there with um Peter. So, and well, is, your, is your cat talking, Peter, <laughs> in this scenario? Yeah, absolutely. The okay. cat would be talking. Like, <laughs> but see, also, it doesn't change the rest of my life. My the, the feeding the cat, all that other stuff stays the same. So you're adding a huge bear, and then yeah. there's the. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if I'm adding a, if I'm adding an animal sidekick, I'm real world I, talking like that's a huge thing, man. Like, yeah, so. but I, I feel like if I'm adding an animal sidekick, I want to drastically change my life. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, can it enlarge itself? Like, and also like shrink? Or this isn't some no. sci-fi bear. I just assume it's like you know, he's like a brown bear. He's brother bear. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have Joaquin Phoenix with me. It's great. Well, that was fun. Okay, good. Well, that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. All right. Let's move on now.
Let's get down to quickies. TM. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have Abe here. I need, I need backup in that. <laughs> I thought Peter was going to do it. <laughs> I, you know, I always forget that. I'm sorry. It's all right. No, I can, but I can look right at you and you know what to do. So it's okay. <laughs> Uh, each, week out, what, each week and now we have one movie with each week and now we have one week and now we have one cookies. Tim. Okay. <laughs> Peter, I'll start with you. Have you seen any other movies recently you want to mention? Uh, well, you guys already talked about Fantastic Beats, but I wasn't on Beats. Sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Be- beasts. Um, but I haven't. I wasn't on your uh, podcast. So I, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? Nocturnal Animals. Did you talk about that yet? Uh, briefly last week, but feel free. Just, it's all about your opinions right now. So, hear your thoughts. I I'm still not sure how I feel about Nocturnal Animals. There's a lot I like about it, and then there's there's other stuff that I feel for a movie that's so layered, kind of trite. But I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I I, I, I I fully expect to hopefully appreciate it more when I see it again. It's definitely interesting, and it's probably Michael Shannon's might be his best. I mean, he's really good in that. He is really good in it. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty great. Not about his best, but it's certainly like like our friend of the show, Mark Hoban, last week. He said it's like a quintessential, like it's a it's a role designed for Michael. Sh- it's a Michael yes, Shannon type absolutely. role for sure, yeah. for sure. But uh, I feel like yeah, I mean the big movie I want to see that I haven't seen yet is Manchester by the Sea. Uh, I missed the screening. Did you go? Yeah, I saw it like back in like end of September. I saw. <laughs> it's, is it great? It's really great. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. I was happy to kind of revisit my thoughts on it to write the review about it when it came out last week. But yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, the movie that I'm, I'm, I still really want everyone to keep seeing is Moonlight. Like, that's my favorite movie of the year. So, I mean, like, that's the one that I, I, I really want to champion. Um, but uh, but I know we talked about that last time on the podcast. So, um, but yeah. Anna, what yes. movies would you like to mention that you've seen recently? I think I've seen several, right? I went with you to see Hidden Figures. And we also watched Arrival without the article, the um <laughs> and what'd you, what'd you think of these what'd you think of hidden figures i enjoy them very much uh i'm definitely just you're kind of stopping me because i wanted to talk about lion, <laughs> okay, so lion. So i'm kind in... of listing them so okay hidden figures arrival and we watched hunt for the wilder people mm-hmm. and definitely we AFI has been like a week ago now, but we saw very various films there as well. But the one that stuck out and I think just sticks out to me right now to talk about the most is Lion. And this is from director Garth Davis. And it's about a five-year-old boy named Saru who accidentally travels more than a thousand miles from his home in central India to the streets of Calcutta. Mm-hmm. And I really, I love this story. It's a very compelling story. And it just kind of goes back and forth with Saru who's later when he grows up because it's 25 years later yeah. when we get to australia and he ends up learning about his past a little bit and that he's not from calcutta and going back to visit his mom and everything and learn about what happened to him because he he gets lost on the train i don't want to dive into it. you can stop me at some point but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like the first half is like is young saru running around right. trying to like figure out what to do because he's got he's been taken like miles and miles hundreds of miles away from his home and then like he grows up to become dev patel mm-hmm. and he, he attempts to use google maps to locate where he's originally from right and the young boy that plays um saru dev patel when he's younger i don't, can't think of his name right now but i think he's such a great actor mm-hmm. uh he definitely throws in that vulnerability and he's smart and resourceful in those earlier moments of the film and i think it's really great and everyone i think you said it it was in select theaters right last yeah or last week it came out this 
this past week. This past in, week. Like a couple theaters, yeah. So it's definitely one to go and look at. Peter, have you seen this film at all yet? Or you see Lion? Heard about it? I uh, have heard about it, but no, no, haven't seen it. it yeah, definitely go see it. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of uh, smaller movies like that. What's the other one? The one with Rebecca Hall? The Christine. news thing? That's another one that like somehow came and went I missed, and I've heard that good things about that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, Loving, it's another one I want to see. But, uh, spread pretty wide at this point. You can find that. Well, actually, yeah. Theaters, yeah. Um, it's funny. A friend of mine on Facebook was like, you know, what are the movies you feel? What are the five movies you need? You feel like you need to see before making your, your end of the year lists. And loving was, uh, one of them where I was like, well, I need to see that clearly. Um, but, huh, interesting. Yeah. So definitely, um, check that one up. But when we went to AFI to see it, they also had a Q and a with a few of the, the cast mm-hmm. and, for Dev Patel, he had said how, you know, he had to prepare for the role and how he had he went to India to ride the trains and he wrote diaries. And it was more of like a self-exploration um, exercise for him to like hmm. create an isolation. And I think you kind of see that in that second half, clearly when he's older. Saru. There's a lot of him in angst, that's for sure. Yes. And so that was neat. And it is based on a true story. And the individual that's there, that was there as well, um, Saru, he said someone had asked. Because I kind of think, I guess we would thought we would think the same thing as well when you were sitting there is how, why didn't you go, like, go to authorities uh, when he was younger? But he didn't go because he was afraid of the police and they never wanted to cause any trouble. And so being it's very, like rough being a child in India. Right. And also he was an uneducated uneducu- kid and he it never occurred to him to like, you know, go to authorities or anything. And it is a bit difficult when it's younger, Saru, because you see him trying to get help to get back home. And he ends up being in, is it Bali or? I don't quite remember which place is he. He, he gets, when he, yeah, when he gets off the train, I'm trying to remember. But the thing is, there's just a different dialect. So he can't speak it. And they're questioning like, oh, what's your mom's name? And all he can say is Umi, which means mom in his language or his dialect. And it's just kind of frustrating because they could help him if they knew the dialect. So it's, it's still compelling, though, like I said. He really liked Lion. I did. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> All right. Um, I've seen I've seen a few things. I saw I did see Allied, the other uh, one of the other big releases. You said it was okay, right? Yeah, it is okay. Like it's it's the kind of like you could apply the phrase like it's a you know, it's an old fashioned movie, they don't make it like this anymore, but like that only goes so far if the movie's, you know, halfway decent and like it I think the first like third or half, whatever you want to call it, is pretty good. Like you have Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard, they meet up in Morocco and Casablanca and it almost works as kind of a like a like a twist on uh, on Casablanca as far as seeing these two get together and be you know they're they're spies and they have to like take out some like Nazi officials or whatnot and then you know the trailer kind of you know gives most of it away because the second half is all the like Marion Cotillard could be a spy might not or might be like a double agent and Brad Pitt has to find out if she is or not and that part there's nothing inherently wrong with it it's just more of you just kind of have to wait and to see how it happens. There's no real, like, there's no subplot. There's no real, I mean, obviously there's an answer of, you know, whether it is, if, if she is or isn't a double agent, but there's no real, there, there's not much going on to beyond that plot to keep you, like, all that enthralled by it. Like, it is engaging to watch just because you want to know what that eventual answer is going to be, but it's not that complicated. Like, it just, it goes along the way you kind of expect it to go along, where he's like, he does some investigating, and there's, various awkward looks that could suggest you know guilt or innocence and so like it's it's fine like it, it's well it's well made like you know robert zemeckis makes you know he, he knows how to make a movie 
but it's just it it feels old-fashioned without having much kind of much else to go along with it so it's like it the actors are for like it everything's just kind of average about it like there's nothing that makes it kind of go over the top as far as what it accomplishes is the production design average the production design is quite good i mean you okay. have robert zemeckis <laughs> he spent like it looks like the money's there like it's not it's costs like 85 million which is you know it's a pretty penny wow, but really? like it, yeah but it you know a period world war ii piece it looks good. It looks good. Yes. I mean, it, it does look good. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some elaborate shots of, like, Brad Pitt par- – like, the opening shot is Brad Pitt parachuting onto a sand dune in the desert, and it's, like, all one shot of, like, parachute lands, and then Brad Pitt's walking around again. So it's like, all right, there's some some of that. But, you know, Zemeckis, it's like he's a he's a tech guy, but it, it's not there's not much more there to be, like, make you feel, like, highly emotional about the film or what have you. Well, let me, let me ask you because – Yeah. When you said it's kind of like a they don't make them like they used to anymore, that makes me take think of two movies in the last year and a half or uh-huh. one. One that I I think I saw with you, and I was like, eh, uh, which is Tarzan, uh-huh. which is David Yates. It's kind of like, yeah, it is. It's 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 well made. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to re- revisit it. The other one though, I would say, which would also somewhat be in the vein of what you're saying, is Crimson Peak, which is essentially just a. It's just yeah. a old-fashioned haunted house. But you know what? Crimson Peak has really grown on me. Like I've seen it three or four times now, and I really li- like. I don't. I'm fine with the fact that it's not the most original movie. What I like about it now is I just. I love the house. I love the performances. So, do you think Allied is more towards the Tarzan or more towards the Crimson? Like that of the maybe it'll age well, you know. And it's just me personally. I, I don't know how you feel about those two films. Well, but. I mean, yeah, Tarzan. I agree. I mean, Tarzan. I, Tarzan's I don't think is a good movie. I think I've, I've, I've other problems with Tarzan beyond the fact that it has an old, you know, the old fashioned thing that comes. What that's whatever. Like what's frustrating me about Tarzan is that it, it's so on the verge of like doing so many different things that would be interesting, but it chooses not to. So that's mm-hmm. what like bothered me about Tarzan, where it could have been like a neat commentary on things or what have you. Uh, and Crimson Peak, I like Crimson Peak. Uh, I like it. I like if I had to rank these, I'd say Crimson Peak is the highest. Allied's in the middle, and Tarzan's on the low end. But like Crimson okay. Peak, I I agree with you that the production because it's a Guillermo del Toro film. The production design is fantastic. The kind of the atmosphere it creates is great, and the performances are quite strong from uh, what uh, Hiddleston, Chastain, and um, Mia Wasikowska. Like they're all good in that movie. Um, it's just more of like the story. Yes, it's that also similar to Allied. It doesn't go off necessarily at much of a straight path. Um, but it's still like it's it's serviceable for what it's doing. Um, I think it's just more of like my genre tendency is more towards something like Crimson Peak over Allied. So I would say Crimson Peak's the better movie between those two. Allied, I that the issue of Allied is yeah, it's probably not one that I'm like going to go down to remember. Is like as far as like a movie that I saw that came out of the Zemeckis canon and like what to, what it really says about him as a director or you know today's culture or what have you like it has it has nothing really to say so it's like all right that's just a movie he made just like when he made like what lies beneath it's like well lies beneath is like all right that's a competent made movie but it's like what does that mean that's between contact and castaway <laughs> like that's all so would you so does that mean that i never i never saw the walk um but would you say that because everyone tells me that the last 40 minutes of the walk is amazing, especially if you see it in 3d that by default, then the walk is the better picture. Even if yes, that's because the walk, the walk has a singular spectacular moment that really works. Like it has something going for it. This one doesn't have that kind of thing. Even like flight, as much as I dislike flight, Washington's very good in it. Like I'd sing like watching the actual flight thing is, you know, pretty neat, but like the, 
But those, so those are like things I can grab out of those films and be like, that's what Zemeckis did with that that made it really cool or what have you. The Ally doesn't have that really. It just feels like, all right, he, he made one of these. He made a weird mix between like Casablanca and like a Hitchcockian type movie. So it was like, all right, that, that, that happened. Like, what, what are you doing next, Zemeckis? Like, what's, what's going on? Uh, okay, interesting. So yeah. And um, I saw other movies. I talked about some of them before. I talked about rule. I talked about the Warren Beatty movie. Rules don't apply, which I like. I think it's messy and uneven, but I still think it's enjoyable. Um, as far as you know, w- Warren Beatty movies go, <laughs> it's it's yeah. like he's back. Okay, that's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Hidden Figures. I saw Madonna, and it's quite good. For some reason, there is an embargo that doesn't allow me to say how good it is. I guess until <laughs> later on. But um, that's who one. directed Hidden Figures? Uh, it's the same uh, Theodore Melfi who directed Saint Vincent, the Bill Murray movie from a couple years ago. Oh yeah, okay, all yeah. right. Not not the immediate jump I'd make as far as what <laughs> what, exactly. what what movie to make next, but <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Lions quite good, and that's in limited release. And uh, Miss Sloan is also in release this week too. I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah, I thought Miss Sloan looked. I was surprised when some people were. Was it Courtney? Somebody was like comparing it to like an Aaron Sorkin. And in the trailer, I was like, the dialogue doesn't really look very, it looks pretty plain. Like, I I mean, it doesn't look very warm. You know, like, Hello. I don't know. <laughs> and I like her. I love Jessica Chastain. It's, like, drawn, it's drawn out. Like, and it, yeah, it's, the, the dialogue is fine. It's not like, it's not, sh- it's not sharp like Sorkin is. It's like, it's there. It's good. It's well handled for the most part. But I think it's more of just, there's a lot of ridiculous things that happen in the vein of like a John Grisham type thriller. And I think it's just, it's getting a little more notoriety because it's, you know, it's just, it's like a female character. It's like a, a cold female character in this role instead of like, what, like Matt Damon or Tom Cruise or somebody. But clearly it's not, it's clearly not zero dark 30, which was the same actress in another cold kind of role, but clearly yeah, it's like that. Yeah. It's not, no, it's not like up to par in that same way. But, uh, but yeah, that's in limited release now as well. And I assume all of those, Lion and Miss Sloan are spreading wider over the next few weeks, I assume. Um, so yeah, that's how no cookies. Tim. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on to our trailer talk. Let's get to our where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. And the trailer we're talking about this week is one that I've been looking forward to for some time, especially since the movie comes out in like less than a month. It is Martin Scorsese's Silence. Uh, this film it's based off a 1966 novel by a Japanese author whose name I do not have offhand on me. Um, I will read the INDB plot synopsis. It says, In the 17th century, two Jesuit priests face violence and persecution when they travel to Japan to locate their mentor and propagate Christianity. The film features Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, and Liam Neeson. As I said, it is a new, it's the new Martin Scorsese film. He's been developing this movies for like, Decades for like decades for like the twenties for for like like twenty years since the (laughs) twenties since before (laughs) he was born he was developing this movie no yeah since like yeah around like Goodfellas he was starting to develop this movie finally got finally like found able to like he had to delay it a couple times while making some of his more recent films and I believe he was even like fined because of doing that but now he finally went to Japan to make what looks like a very rough movie. Um, but Peter, let's start with you. What'd you think of the trailer for silence? Uh, I thought it looked, I, I had a, you know, it's funny, even before it said Liam Neeson in the credits, um, I had a little bit of the gangs of New York vibe. And uh, as, I mean, I, I don't think I've talked about this on your podcast, but I'm not a huge fan of, uh, gangs of New York. I think it's got a lot of what you just said about the flight. I think, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is great and there's some really great moments, but 
it feels like one of those things where a filmmaker has been wanting to make a movie for a long time and then they make it and it's just like it lacks an energy or something about it. Um, and that's sort of what I was feeling with this where I was like, eh, I don't know. I was like, yeah, performances look good. And like, I like the setting, but uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's Scorsese. So then again, look, I feel like we're going to go back to the conversation we just had. Then again, when I saw the trailer for Scorsese Shutter Island, I was like, oh, this just basically I'm pretty sure I know the end. This is this looks essentially like he's just doing a Hitchcock, you know, a thriller. However, I will say Shutter Island is, has really grown on me. But that might be because I like horror and thriller movies. So it might be that. It's funny you, know? you mentioned Shutter Island and I every when I saw Shutter like Shutter Island's a movie where I like to describe as the first time I watch Shutter Island it feels like the second time of watching Shutter Island because like you can <laughs> like it's impossible not to think that something's up because it's so obvious that obviously something's weird about <laughs> what's going on here like it doesn't it it's not it's it'd be it's far fetched to say there's a twist in the movie because you can't you can't like watch the first 5 minutes and not think there's not going to be some kind of twist Unless in you've that movie. never seen those movies before like yeah, no, never, yes of course yes like, if you're like if if you're like a person that's never seen a movie then you're not going to be as suspicious but just the way everybody acts in that movie you have to know like something's weird <laughs> something's like off kilter about what's going on on shutter island with two duly appointed federal mafias. <laughs> right. i mean just the looks they give each other too right it's yeah that hmm <laughs> but i will say i really like shutter island's really shutter island came out the same year as inception and i i, I like both movies but while i was blown away with inception DiCaprio's the better in shutter island I think he is better in Shutter Island, and I feel like I feel like Shutter Island is the kind of movie that if it was, you know, I don't know, it's on cable or it's it's in some situation where it's playing, I could see sitting down and watching all of it. Whereas Inception, I kind of have to really be in the mood and be like, all right, I'm going to put Inception on. Uh, so that's kind of weird, you know. Like at the time, I would have said, oh yeah, Inception obviously is that's the one's going to age well. But so, yeah, Shutter Island's like a it's like a it's a like Cape Fear. It's like Scorsese's style. Like it's just like watching yes. atmosphere play out. Oh, the music's awesome. Who does? I don't know who did the score, but the score is amazing. Like um, yeah, but anyways, going with the silence. Uh, you know what movie? I you know I remember they showed this in high school, but I I don't remember it. Isn't there a movie with De Niro called The Mission? Isn't he? Yes. Another similar thing where it's like, yeah, it's a, going yeah. to like propagate Christianity it's and him like and, uh, what Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons, right? Yeah, it's like, I mean, to be fair, look, that was what the 80s, so I guess we haven't seen a movie like this in decades. So, but uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think of the trailer? Well, I think it's visually stunning, yeah. And I think yeah. also, I know we're talking about the trailer, but I even told Aaron when he showed me the, the movie poster, I really like the poster, mm-hmm. it's very intriguing. I like how it kind of resembles a keyhole <laughs> to me yeah Mason's well, massage because, yeah, is like a keyhole yeah right and it's kind of like that whole peering into you know what silence is when you look through a, a keyhole so it, it's just all of that's very stunning to me and you have gosh adam i was gonna forget his name adam driver <laughs> yeah. you have adam driver and we just saw him in patterson and seeing him in patterson what he's been doing lately is just interesting as well as his work and it's gonna be fun to probably see him in this and see what he does he looks like he lost a lot of weight for this role yeah he looks very gaunt and it'll it'll be interesting to see what he had to put in of the making you know of his role for this and i've been hearing a lot of things about andrew garfield being really well on hacksaw ridge so it's going to be i think an interesting pairing to see both adam driver and andrew garfield in this film the shots i told aaron when i watched the trailer that you have that shot where it's all white, the steps, and the priests are coming down. 
I think, again, it's just visually stunning. It That looks great to me. I was trying to find the music of Shutter Island. It's oh. Robbie Robertson. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. One of, yeah. One, of, one of Scorsese's like typical guys. Although he's mixed it up at some point. What's, who's doing the music on this movie? I think I looked that up before, too. I know it's not Despla. Um, oh, there's the, um, the novel. Oh, the novel is by Sh- uh, Shusaku <laughs> Endo. This person did the novel. The Klugs, Catherine and Kim Allen Klug did the music for this movie. You know what's weird is I have to say, and, and I'm not trying to, uh, I'm not just trying to say that I'm going off of uh, another Oscar so white thing, um, but I don't know. It is kind of weird that. So you're saying the book Silence is written by someone who's Japanese? Yeah. Well, it's just interesting because, like, I mean, it's true. When I'm watching the movie, there, the trailer was a part of me was just like, ah, once again, it's just you know, it's it's white guys going to some culture you know and i was like why can't we ever have the lead be why couldn't it be the asian guy or whatever but it's funny because you're saying well the book is actually written by me i was like well, it's based I'm... off re- you know events that happened to an extent like not necessarily oh right true story. right right yeah, so, up, yeah and again look i i'm i am all for if the movie's great i won't care about the 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 politics the social agenda of, of, of like well, an Oscar. the other question i would say is because they are they are supposed to be playing por- um portuguese uh, priests, right. <laughs> and you have Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver playing Portuguese in the movie. So, oh, well, I wouldn't think of them as Portuguese. I would necessarily uh, no. Would be. like no. their name is what <laughs> Sebastio Rodriguez and Francisco Garpe, <laughs> and Liam Neeson as Father Cristobal Ferreira. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> it's funny. It's ironic talking about this and with uh, Asian things. It's funny because I'm one of the few people who I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, that Great Wall trailer that I know a lot of people were mad because Matt Damon's a leap. That looks like a big fantasy movie. So I'm just like, oh, who cares? I was like, that's just a silly movie. Like, that's not really historical. So that's why I'm fine with it. This it's one right. does look like it's supposed to somewhat be like, re- you know, reality and everything. It's the, yeah, it's that, that one's not one that gets to me. Like something like Ghost in the Shell, that gets to me more because it's, it's based off an actual property. The Great Wall is just like, all right, that's an original screenplay and you need right. Matt Damon to sell more tickets. Like I get I get the logic of that. Like I get there's – It's a Chinese filmmaker, so yeah, it's like yeah. fine. You know? um, although you know, I will say this, Ghost in the Shell, uh, the more I've seen that trailer, the more I'm – you know, because that guy – is it Rupert – what's his name? Sanders? Rupert said the director. Yeah, Rupert Sanders. I mean, it's Snow White was pretty bland, but that was a really good looking movie. And when I watched the trailer for Ghost in the Shell, I watched it a few times. It's got some really great set pieces, even though I agree. I'm just like, eh, this is probably going to be terrible. But like the set design looks great. Not to go yeah. too far off topic, but that only gets me so far with these right. things. Where it's like because right. every movie looks like I can't remember the last time the you know there's yes there's some outliers, but movies generally look great when you have budgets. Like that's what the budget no, for. No, I mean, this <laughs> look really. Because yeah, have, this these are pretty cool. Um, didn't you say this was like it's also based Ghost and Shells in Tokyo? Right? Yeah. So that that's where it gets a little jarring, I guess, because you have Scarlett Johansson who's white, and in Tokyo, it's just kind of offsetting. But like this film, Silence, is kind of right. You you kind of bring it up like it's aside Andrew from Garfield. the fact that they're all playing Portuguese. Yes, right. they're all well, because <laughs> like in in that way, like if, even though they're playing Portuguese, like some Portuguese individuals are light skinned, so. It kind of well, yes. It's an easier, it's, it's easier. an easier thing to kind of manage, right. well. <laughs> but, And it's them right. traveling to Japan, so like it's a little, a little different. As far as what my, did, what did you think? As far as my <laughs> thoughts on the trailer go, I'm excited for it. There's some trailers where I'm like, all right, it, regardless of the trailer, I'm just excited because this person I enjoy is doing this movie, 
like like Allied, for example. I wasn't never really sold on the trailer, and the movie didn't really follow through either. So like, hey, there you go. But like this movie, aside from the fact that it's like Martin Scorsese, I'm gonna see it regardless. I'm just happy that it looks good to me. Like it, it just looks like a really, it looks rough for what it looks like. There's gonna be some suffering going on between these characters and kind of the thing is you know, given the, the the kind of the weight loss they seem to have to go through, but just the conditions of the area, like it just looks like a wasn't an easy film you know shoot. Uh, but aside from that, I I am compelled to see this movie. I, I like these performers. I like I've been liking Adam Driver seeing the different things he's been capable mm-hmm. of. It seems like there's not going to be a lot of Liam Neeson in this movie because he's like essentially the Kurtz of this film. You know, they're trying to find him to begin yes. with. Right. But um, I you know I'm happy to see Neeson in he's serious roles like that. Yeah, he's been taken. <laughs> <laughs> it just and, makes me I don't know. And it, Andrew it, Garfield's getting winning the hair award. So I mean, there's a lot of things going on here. <laughs> Do you guys think since it took so long to make this film, do you think it's going to be like an epic type film or? You mean like three hours? Or... Well, I know it's like two. It's like two and a half hours and change or something like that. But no, yeah. As far as like you know, one of the great Scorsese mm-hmm. movies. I mean, I love Hugo, and Hugo didn't come out that long ago. So it's like I, I, I'm fully, I'm fully willing to accept the idea that Scorsese can make another amazing movie. Okay. Wait, two thirds of. Of Wolf of Wall Street is really good. I it's just say you know, I didn't see that movie's bad. I really like Wolf of Wall Street. It was on my top ten. <laughs> really good. I mean, like it's. I don't really. Yeah. I mean, I just. I go to Hugo first because I absolutely. That was my number one movie of that year. <laughs> like so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I feel like Scorsese is not like. Like I haven't seen Sully, but I feel like while I I like Eastwood, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to – if Eastwood has another great masterpiece in him. I feel like he might just be – you know, he's just making movies. As much like, as I admire Eastwood, like I wouldn't call Eastwood one of our great directors. He's a, no, but he's a, made like – He just happens to be one of the more popular ones because he used to be a huge you know, movie actor as well. <laughs> right. Like, well, no, no, right. But he's made maybe three really great movies. I mean he has made some really great no, films. No, I'm not denying that. I'd say like if you want to call out somebody, call it like Spielberg. Like I remember the last time I saw a new, a new Spielberg classic. You know, you know, I, I wait, actually, did you like uh, the, the, BL, the BFG? I like the BFG. I haven't disliked the Spielberg film in a while. Like, I really like Bridge of Spies last year. Anna, you he was on your top ten, I believe. Yes, that was course. really good. I really like, like I really like Bridge of Spies. I, I'd say, but like, I'd have to probably go back to Munich to think of my, the last time I saw like a Spielberg classic in my eyes. Uh, so you're thinking that this one, Silence, can be a classic. I'm then. saying I'm saying that Scorsese's proven that he's still able to deliver movies that right. can be like top tier Scorsese movies, but, not just like a master director directing a movie that's pretty good. Okay. Gotcha. It's true. But I, I do feel that going back to my, and I, and I don't know what Anna and Aaron think of gangs in New York, but I do feel that a lot of times when a filmmaker has a project that they've been working on forever, a lot of times I'm always a little, a little underwhelmed. Like I'm always like, eh, <laughs> like I was like, this is okay. I, that's that's like, true. Yes. I, I don't, I don't dis, I don't disagree with the idea that movies can under deliver on what they promise or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so like, I just, I'm just, you know, I want to be optimist. I, I, it, you know, just as, po- if it's, po- it's possible for Scorsese to do a, an average to pretty good movie as well as it is possible for him to make a, you know, a fantastic to classic movie. You know, sometimes it takes a while for an artist to make a masterpiece, right? <laughs> it really does. <laughs> and I know you're kind of joking, but like at the same time, it's it's true though. Like you, it it does feel like oh gosh, it's dragging. It took forever to make this film, but at the same time, it can still be you know taken very well and be the masterpiece that it, he probably is shooting well, for. This this will lead to a, d- a deeper conversation. When we do like a Scorsese focused podcast because I think there's some there's. I mean, you know, they, they they've written, there's plenty of books written about the man and what have you to begin with as far as like how, how amazing his career has been. But, 
you look at something like Hugo and Wolf of Wall Street, Hugo is very ambitious as far as like he's utilizing 3D technology and whatnot to make a film that seems very much out of his wheelhouse. And that movie, to me, is fantastic. And it won plenty of Oscars for me to get backed up by. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, you know, that, that that plays more into what Scorsese's accustomed yeah. to doing. And it's also really good. So it's like he's it's, you know. Him getting older as opposed to other directors that, you know, have, you know, like Coppola, for example, who have gotten older but, you know, made classics once. It's not like Scorsese's gone away from making really good – like possible to make really good movies. No, and I'll – look, and I'll say this, and this is going to sound like a weird person – a weird filmmaker to bring up because he, he's nowhere near as good as Scorsese. Um, I'm not but, trying a lot. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, I remember when Luc Besson made – the fifth element, he had said that he had written the script or something when he was 14. And I remember seeing it and being like, yeah, this isn't that great. You know, and for some reason people really like it. But when I saw the trailer for, it's because you're wrong and it's fantastic. I mean, that's the reason. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, what's the new one? Is it Valor? Is it Valerian? What is it? Valerian in the city of a thousand, the Planets. city of a thousand. Planets. That looks like a better version of the fifth element. I'm like, well, this looks like, the movie that he was actually born to make. I was like, this actually looks really good. Well, it's so great. it's certainly possible that you're right, that it could come around. Absolutely. And I mean, Luc Besson is nowhere near what Scorsese is. So just to, just to throw things out there, Valerian is based off a French comic and the author of that comic did the production design for the fifth element. <laughs> well, cause, well, it's funny. Cause I really, <laughs> one of my big, my big pet peeves about the fifth element is I feel like it's actually not Luc Besson's fault or, or the, the person that you just mentioned about. It's the fact that, it really was a movie that should have should have been made in the digital age. Too much of it looks really cheap. Like the 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 design is is great in theory, but a lot of it looks really cheap. And this because when was you the last time you watched The Fifth Element? I just watched it like two years ago, and okay. that that scene where she jumps through the wall and it's like tinfoil. I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. Like it just this looks this looks so pretty. I was just like, wow, this production value. I thought that when I saw Lucy, I was like, ha, Luke Besson. He's he might be actually better with digital photography and stuff like and with art direction. It can, I don't know. I don't get me wrong. There's a lot I like about the Fifth Element. I mean, it's how I got my crush on Mila Jovovich. But I don't know, man. There's a lot. I there's a lot that I think looks really cheap. I don't know what happens with change, right? With art direction, and everything with time. Like the Fifth Element was what? Ninety eight, ninety seven. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, and now we're in twenty sixteen, going twenty seventeen. Whereas like, of course, things are gonna look visually different and like. CGI and everything's kind of taken flight on what it's doing now than what it did before. Oh, sure. But I mean, I mean, actually, I mean, this is a conversation for when we review whatever that movie's called, which is a terrible title. But <laughs> but uh, I mean, this I think this could be a good example of we're living in an era where so many people want to praise practical effects over digital effects. And of course, I love practical effects like the, the Evil Dead remake. I love those practical effects. Um, but I don't know, man. That this new Basson movie makes me go, yeah. This this looks like it should be digital. This looks way better than you, you just couldn't do it with practical effects. So, but my my main thing is going back to silence is I'm always a little hesitant about a filmmaker when they've worked on a project for too long. But of course, you're right, Aaron. It is Martin Scorsese. I can't imagine it being a terrible movie. Like, but I just I don't know. It wasn't grabbing me like it seemed to be grabbing you too. Oh wait! Also, what did you guys think of Gangs in New York? I want to know. <laughs> um, I've seen that. I saw that movie oh, once in ago. theaters, and I haven't seen it again since. Um, exactly. I liked it. I liked it at the time, but no, it's not one where. It, I liked it as in like, hey, I walked out and that's a good movie, but I didn't walk out thinking like that's that needed to win Best Picture, which was nominated for that year. I thought yeah. Daniel Day Lewis was pretty terrific. There's a scene I there's one image I can really remember besides the whole like 
you know, gangs with the hats fighting in the streets. The one scene I can really remember is there's like, it's like a really moody scene of Daniel D. Lewis like waking up and he's like wrapped in the American flag. Oh, that's great! That's a great scene. Yeah, like that's that's like the that's like a that's an image I can think of from that movie that really stuck out. But I believe Cameron Diaz is pretty terrible in that movie, if I'm not mistaken. Like, there's a lot of things like that. <laughs> of course, remember, like... it, was supposed to, it was supposed to be Meryl Streep. So that I mean, adds up. Okay, that, that would have been way better. Like, uh, go ahead. Like I thought, I haven't seen that in a long time either. And just like the only thing that sticks out to me always in films is like the production design and narrative. And I mean, being a film drama crime type film, mm-hmm. I always call back to Miller's Crossing being like one of the best. And I know it's just totally off of Martin Scorsese, no, but, yeah, but like I'm trying to think of like Gangs of New York to my head right now, like and just like those type of films where I feel like Miller's Crossing does it it's well. It's like the gold standard yes. for period. American New York American dramas or where's Miller's Crossing? <laughs> I feel the same. Because like I honestly, Peter, like I can't think really about Kings of New York right now. Only like the production. Well, yeah, because I well, I think that's what Peter's getting at. It's yeah. not one that you know. It's not a Scorsese classic, right? <laughs> Uh, but it funny. is, but it was like a passion project for him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. Um, I love the Coen Brothers, and I do not know if I've ever finished Miller's Crossing. I think I saw it. <gasps> I think I saw it at a friend's house on VHS, and I was like, eh, "This is all right. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I'm gonna love it when I eventually get, you know, watch it on Blu-ray." I it's just like I think. I think I texted. Oh, it was Aaron. Wait, Aaron, <laughs> are you the one to let me borrow Barton Fink? Yes. And it's amazing. I was yeah. like, oh, this, movie. "This movie's amazing!" Like, I'm sure Miller's Crossing is great. It's just for some no, reason, no, it's gonna be amazing. Right? Some I saw it. I barely saw it on VHS once, and I never went back. Oh and I love. Oh. I know yeah, people love it. Finish I, that. That's the movie beyond, like, especially on Blu-ray because the the cinema, the Barry Zonneville cinematography in that movie is gorgeous. But like, it's such a, it's very much a, it's a, it's very much a Cohen movie. But it's also a great neo noir. It's got right. some great performances. It's got all that great dialogue you want. It it fits like because I try. I like talking about Coen Brothers movies as in like beginners, uh, mainstream and like advanced studies Coens. Like Barton Fink and like a serious man are like advanced study Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. <laughs> Bart, Bart or Miller's Crossing kind of teeters on the edge of like mainstream and advanced studies because the plot is so convoluted, but it's also very enjoyable just to watch in general. So like it, it like works itself. Definitely go finish that, Peter. Yeah, it's one of Anna's favorite movies <laughs> ever. It is. The hardest part about movies, there's just so ma- there's so much content. I, I don't care. Like... You just go and see. It. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I got it. Well, you got to bring. Do you have Miller's Crossing on Blu-ray? Y- yes, I do. All right, well then, bring Apparently, it to the next time I see you. I'm gonna bring Miller's Crossing with me. Are you gonna All get? Right. Off... Are you gonna be at office Christmas party? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, we'll bring it to that then. All right. <laughs> well, silence <laughs> arrives in theaters. Um, January, uh, December twenty uh, third, and I think it spreads wider in January, but yeah, I guess oh, that limited okay. release in early December, or late December. Hmm. All right, that was trailer talk. Let's move on now. Let's get to our main review for Moana. Uh, Maui, shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea. I am hero a- of men. What? It's actually Maui shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea. Hero of Men. I interrupted from the top. Hero of Men. Go. I'm not going on a mission with some little girl. This is my canoe, and you will journey to different. Did not see that coming. The ocean is a friend of mine. First, we've got to go through a whole ocean of bad. <gasps> Kakamora. Kaka, what? They're. Kinda cute. 
Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for Moana, which is the 56th animated feature film from Disney and finds the studio back in princess territory. This time around, we are taken on an adventure with Princess Moana, the eventual leader of a Polynesian tribe uh, from a few centuries ago. Uh, or thousands of years ago, I believe. In order to save her people, she has to venture out to sea and find the shape-shifting demigod Maui, voiced by Dwayne Johnson, and find a way to return the heart of an island goddess to its rightful place. The film was directed by John Musker and Ron Clements, who previously directed The Princess and the Frog, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, among others. Peter, have you been a fan of the kind of the more recent uh, crop of Disney princess movies? And what did you think of Moana? I have been. I, I, I mean, are we? Does it begin with Tangled? Is that where we'd say it starts? I'd say yeah, like Tangled Prin- or Princess and the Frog. Actually, for that matter, that's earlier. Princess and the Frog. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've, I have liked them all. I mean, in a grading scale, I think they're all high Bs to As. I mean, I've really, I've really pretty much enjoyed all of them. Um, that being said, um, and and look, I've only seen Tangled once. I've seen Frozen a bunch of times. I saw Princess and the, Princess and the Frog once. I've seen Wreck-It Ralph a bunch of times. Having said that, I gotta say there's a feeling that Moana is their best one. That it's the crowning achievement of the new Disney. Because Frozen, I really like Frozen. I know some people think it's cool to hate on Frozen. I I, I really like Frozen. Um, I love the songs, but I always felt the art style. Maybe something that Anna um, was thinking of. Like I always thought the actual art style the animation in frozen was always a little just okay it's not bad but i was like it's all right but man moana like there are so many shots that in that in kind of in that pixar way that border on like real like the the way the water is the way the characters are designed and stuff um yeah i don't know i feel like i have a feeling this might be the best one like so i yeah i really loved it anna what'd you think of moana I think it's just so fun to keep saying Moana, Anna. <laughs> well, I definitely, I was looking forward to watching this film and is super excited that we got to see it at AFI <laughs> before the screening that you had on Saturday. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Uh, the, the story, though, you know, it may not be original, but it's the details within the film that makes it, that creates that enjoyable feeling of watching it. You have Moana, who's the strong, determined young woman, and then you have Maui, played by Johnson, who is outstanding as her pompous partner mm-hmm. um, on this journey that she goes on. And the, rela- the relationship between them is very entertaining as well. And what can I say? Oh, my gosh. But, like, to kind of go off real quick back to what Peter was saying about, like, the art direction and everything, and probably even go back a little bit about the whole princess films. I'm not ag- You have, like, a sense of some of these films. I don't – I guess some people of the generation now would think of them as classics, but I don't really consider them as classics just yet. I think, you know, The Belle, The Little Mermaid, those films, those Disney films definitely are classics. And, I mean, the VHS collection did say classic on them. <laughs> You remember those? And for, Disney's pretty notorious for kind of holding up their, like, every film's automatically a classic that they produce, it seems like. <laughs> and so I did like Frozen. Tangled was fun, too. Princess and the Frog. And going back to Frozen real quick, because you mentioned the art there, it did seem a little, you know, not as beautiful visually as Moana is because talking about the ocean, she's often scooped up it um, by the, the friendly swell yeah. that's there. It becomes right. her friend. And, I mean, the ocean has called her, right? So it's, another, it's her friend. And it's very effortless and expressive 
in the curves of what they've done with it. And it's, it's just really beautiful. I think it's one of my favorite things is seeing the ocean in this movie. And that, I guess you just call it a swell. I was going to say wave. But the swell that um, it, it really portrays different emotions. You know, you have the moment where it looks frustrated. And then it kind of pushes her back down into the ocean. And kind of has like a, a smile as well. So there's an interesting incorporation of how they created this ocean to have emotions as well. And... Yeah, this this one by far is beautiful visually. Okay. Yeah. And I guess to jump really quickly into the I think what was fun is the little tattoo character on oh, Maui. Yeah, the Maui's tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that was a fun um <laughs> incorporation mm-hmm. <laughs> to just kind of like dance around a little bit. Kind of like a Jiminy Cricket for him yeah. in a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is like it does function like a conscious. Right. Like, right. Yeah. It knows what's it knows the difference between right and wrong and knows Mal. What I like about you know I I like this movie quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. What I really like is is that kind of that central relationship between Milano and Maui. I think the a bit of a twist early on. I think I mean the first 5 minutes of the movie give you like a prologue of what's going on, but you know, you kind of walking into this movie, I didn't think that Maui was just I, I thought Maui's more like like you know an agreeable type of sidekick where he just like naturally wants to become you know be with Moana and help her out, but he's not. He's he's a flawed character. He's yeah. he's the one that did he did a horror he did a bad thing, and he's being punished for it, and he reluctantly has to join along with her. And what I like about that is that creates a diff, a different character dynamic and it makes them complex. And what I'm happy about a lot of the best Disney films but a lot of and a lot of the more recent ones is that it doesn't make it very cut and dry as far as why people are doing the things that they need to do it gives them kind of reasons why so you have Maui who he's not like I need to go save the world because that's what I do he's more of like he's he has to he has to go along on this journey because he's being forced to and he att- basically attempts to kill her multiple times by throwing her <laughs> in the water and Moana is a very it's also a very complex character she she's born on an island and she loves the ocean, but she's part of a culture that doesn't want to leave outside of their island. And seeing, you know, it's not unusual. It's not un- it's not unusual to see a <laughs> determined female character, you know, female princess character in a Disney movie. But the idea of her having to kind of negotiate being an eventual leader and being one that wants to explore, I thought that's also a creative way to like handle why she is the what what, what this reasons is for her to be determined. In addition to the kind of the character stuff, it's just a great looking movie. I mean, the visuals are fantastic. Oh, like I, I really like seeing like snow on Blu-ray, and so yeah, <laughs> Frozen really worked for that reason. But the ocean is very complicated, mm-hmm. and seeing like where where we are with ocean now in CG animation is very impressive. Like the ocean looks fantastic throughout this movie, and the songs are great. Like the songs are really fun to listen to and everything, and it's a more I'm not trying to make this into like a why this is better or worse than Frozen, but like the the musical aspect of it is more complete. Like Frozen doesn't really have a final musical number to really kind of go out on. This movie does. Like it has it has it has the beginning, middle, it, end. It has yeah, it has and it has reprisals of certain songs mm-hmm. or what have you. Like it really works out, and it's really funny. Like I like I was like, I mean, that's not unusual for a Disney movie, but it is funny. Like there are a lot of good jokes and things in there, little cute little. Easter eggs and little dialogue things, and Jim and um, what's his name, Jemaine Clement, who I really like from *Flight of the Concords*. He's he has this moment. He's this song is like a crab thing that really made entertain me. I thought it was really fun. I no, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, the crab scene in particular kind of reminded me of the uh, is it *Ooga Booga* from *Nightmare Before Christmas*? *Ooga Booga*, yeah, yeah, especially with like the <laughs> neon with that. lighting he gets at one point and stuff. But I will say one of the things I really loved about this, and it's interesting because a friend of mine, I told him I saw it. And he was like, 
how's the villain? He's like, because all great Disney movies have great villains. And I was like, well, actually, there isn't I'm like there's an antagonist, which is Mari. I'm like, he's the antagonist. But I mean, in a weird way, I was thinking about this and I was like, actually, I don't know if that's true. Like, yeah, we could say that about a James Bond movie. It's like, yeah, you probably need a good villain. But like I would actually compare this kind of to Toy Story where the the it's really more about circumstantial uh, like it's more about protagonist and anti it's more buzz lightyear and um uh Woody. Woody have two very different ways of looking at the world neither of them is really the villain and i would say that's the same thing here it's like yeah he is you're right johnson's character is the one who messed up that is true and he's he's very conceited but we never and you're right he does throw off the into the open <laughs> everything but it's i'm he's not really the villain like he no. it's more he's the he's the person who has a different way of looking at the world and that's what the movie is exploring and i find that way more interesting now don't get me wrong you're right jermaine clements the, the crab guy's great and i like the visual of the of the monster at the end without giving too much yeah, away i, I mean that. yeah there's a giant lava monster i mean that's yeah the, like that's the, really, yeah the threat it's, i guess would be that because it's the whole but yeah, affecting the um the ecosystem but yeah it's not like it's not scar or jafar or something like that. it's not like a it's a central it's not a central character that's void that you know deliciously evil in those ways mm-hmm. i'm gonna say but i'm thinking about it I'm, I'm starting to think that like i don't know like i mean inside out another well i know that's Pixar, but that also didn't really have villains. I don't know if I think you can have a, a really good Disney animated movie, and it's not really about just a villain anymore. I'm not saying you can't have a good villain. You can. Another thing I really liked was the way they deal with Moana in terms of, I mean, for especially for a movie that is impressionable for when kids see it at an impressionable age, it does a pretty good job of like recognizing for adults the the uh, what would we call it like the what is the archetypal Disney princess and somewhat trying to see if they can deconstruct that. I thought that was really nice. I mean, for one thing, it's never, unless I'm wrong in the opening, when the dad is very much like you cannot go in the ocean, we can never do that. Uh-huh. It's not because she's a woman. It's never like you're, you know, you're just a princess. It's just that, no, you're the leader, but we don't do that. Like it's well, never, he also knows there's a danger. So he's right. protecting yeah, her. It's, it's not based off it's, uh, her gender. It's right. just based off. This right. is not what our tribe does. Well, they did, but not anymore. Right, right. Cause they were right. But, um, I also really loved, uh, and it's a subtle thing. I don't know. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I really like that her body type is not that kind of ultra thin way that Belle and a lot of Disney princesses are like her body. I'm not saying, I'm not saying she's super heavy or anything, but like her, her limbs and stuff, like everything about her, she doesn't seem like that weird idealized Barbie doll, uh, which I thought was great. I thought that was really cool. Don't get me wrong. She's obviously gorgeous and everything. Cause it's a movie, but there's a, there's a natural look to the kid. She is like yes. a teenager, but like there's like an, well, I guess most of them are actually, but they're, they're all teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> But, but you, you, know, you have like, something different because it's also a different culture, so that kind of gets incorporated as well. Because you have Maui, who's a little bit more buffed, and true. I was think I thought that too. Um, but either way, I like it. Well, I, Maui's I, like a demigod, so it's exaggerated on purpose. But like her parents, like like a, what's Django Fett, Tamara Morris, her her father, like he's a you know he looks like a like a like a guy, like a person, mm-hmm. like a man <laughs> of that culture. He's not just... he's not overly drawn in the same way Maui is, which is again on purpose, right? Oh, another another great thing too, and it would be again when they're doing the kind of thing, the observation about the princess was, I, I love that that uh, was it a chicken or bird or what was that it's thing? A chicken. It's a chicken. Yeah. Hey hey. Hey hey. That was great. <laughs> like then he's like boat snack, you know, like 
like that. Like again, yeah, and Aaron's right. It's it's very funny, and of course, most good Disney movies are very funny. So, yeah. but, um, I, <laughs> I think that was the. It has um, Hey Hey being that comedic relief in a way, right? And I I guess the only thing I was disappointed about was that Hey Hey being her sidekick, because I was kind of looking forward that Pua. The pig. The pig would be her sidekick. Because <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so cute, and they've marketed that little piggy everywhere, and it's the largest plush at the Gear Deli store in Hollywood. I, I'm telling you, the pig will be all over like the mini movies <laughs> that come with the Blu ray from Moana. Like, there'll be plenty of pig mini movies going on. <laughs> but, okay. Oh, no, go ahead, Peter. Well, let me ask you guys. So, when I went to the screening, uh, it was it was a 10 a.m. screening, and I asked my girlfriend if she wanted to go, and she's like, eh, "I'm not really big into Disney princess movies." She's like, "I'm." She's actually to be weird. She's actually not a big animation person. She likes Miyazaki. She likes like Spirit Away and stuff, but she's not a huge like anime Disney anime. So then I see the movie, and I was like, "Well, actually, they actually kind of recognize the princess thing." I'm like, "I'm like, actually, I think you really like it." I'm like, "It's not." I'm like, yeah, the, the Rock does make the joke. Like, he's like, look, you have an animal sidekick, and you're you wearing are- a dress. <laughs> True, but I don't know. I think she would like it. I mean, so I guess my question to you guys is, do you think if there are people that are like, eh, I'm a little tired of the Beauty and the Beast Disney princess thing, do you think that this builds on that in a way that those those would find it enjoyable? I think so. Like you said, like there's that joke The Rock does or Maui does where he's like, you're wearing a dress and have an animal psychic, you're a princess. But early on in the film, she even like denounces her own title. She's like, I'm not a princess. And right. she is a strong female character in this film the whole way through. She does have like moments where she kind of feels like maybe I should give up, but she pushes on and carries through the film. And I think you know, people out there who are looking for that are going to enjoy this film. I think there's two things to keep in mind. One is that there's no love interest in this movie. It's not about her pursuing some <laughs> person or some too. person. Going, like, there's no there's no resolve that ends with her marrying somebody. Um, regardless, that's not a bad, that doesn't make other movies bad or whatnot, but it, it, is, a, it is a different approach to this kind of movie. That's it's, true. Her journey is not involving her becoming, like, a woman that has to get married at the end and be the rightful queen of his place or whatever. It's just about her doing an adventure to save her people. The other thing... The movie's so damn confident in what it's doing, like it 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 it's very happy to not just it doesn't have like a winking eye to the audience about like guess what we're doing this thing now, but it is like it it takes various tropes of some of these movies and works it to its advantage. Like it it it's not making any kind of excuses for being a a movie about a you know another Disney princess, um, but it doesn't do so by kind of shortchanging the audience or you know dumbing it down or doing anything it just plays it as it's supposed to be plays it straight with with the addition of jokes and what have you and like you have talking about like there's no love interest right you have ron clements and john musker john musker who little mermaid and a few others yeah and seeing the whole love interest kind of makes me think about little mermaid right now just because it's not the little mermaid but in a way it kind of is because it has to do with its water and everything i guess i'm kind of incorporating those two to be a paired but you're right and like the little mermaid she has prince eric she goes through this whole new like you know Mm -hmm. goes up to the land and is in love with prince eric here yeah she has maui and maui's not even a love interest not even a sidekick it's more like if it was her sibling yeah you know they it's it's like an estranged brother right (laughs) exactly that's what it kind of feels like instead yeah like aladdin the same way the whole thing's you know jasmine needs to like find a suitor yeah princess and the frog is the (laughs) princess and the frog it's princess and trying to in this prince trying to get and even frozen frozen's more like by default but like the the core relationships the sisters but like it it happens to have a male character 
But Frozen actually flips it because then you realize it's not about that guy. Yeah, it's so, not. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so I mean, I'd say that. True. Um. So just curious, where would you? I'm just driving the prince. Well, I guess she's the prince. There's two princesses, and one just how, the queen. Guys, uh, where would you rank Moana with the recent from Tangled on the Disney produced ones? I definitely would put this high. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, I really, I do really like Frozen. I, I'd probably put. You know, but it has a, you know, every film has its flaws. Like, mm-hmm. um, I so I would I would put this out as far as like the specifically the like the princess ones and not just like Disney movies in general. Um, I would put this probably tied with Frozen. I, I'd have to go back and find. I only seen Tangled once, uh, and I like Tangled. I just never saw it again. Um, yep. I like Princess and the Frog. I only seen that once. Uh, what else am I? What am I missing as far as other? I princesses? feel like those are. I mean, right? Wreck It Ralph, kind of, but that's not really. Oh, well, I really like Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, but she's not. I mean, it's not a princess movie. She, no, she no, happens no, to no. have been a, like. There's a choice that she's basically a princess in a video game, <laughs> but like that's not the. That's that's not what the movie relies on as far as like what it's going for. And I, and then and then Big Hero Six is always kind of a weird, like that's. I like Big Hero Six, but that doesn't fit the mold at all. Well, I'm saying yeah, those aren't yeah, princess. Like, because not... like, because if I wanted to talk about recent Disney movies, Utopia is still you know I love Zootopia. Oh, Zootopia. <laughs> Forgot about Zootopia. Yeah, you're see, right. That's where okay. something is a story that's being unique. Yes, I mean, right? I... Where you have Moana, which is kind of still following. Like I said in the beginning where it's it's not totally original, but in its own details, there's something different. It's a, it's a hero's it. journey story. It's not really recreating Moana. anything. Zootopia is this buddy cop neo noir race allegory thing. It's like it's completely different. No, you know what's weird? I, you know, I like Zootopia. And need to watch it again to realize I how great how wrong you are about it. it. <laughs> need to rewatch Wait, it again. Peter doesn't like Zootopia. He doesn't like it nearly as much as he should. Oh. <laughs> it feels like a three star. It feels like the three out of four. Like it's oh, it's good. You we know, we watched it again this past for Thanksgiving. Oh. And I stay. I mean, I hard pressed. To, I'm still hard pressed to think of a movie I liked more this year. Honestly, I really like Zootopia. Well, but to hear. Okay, question though. Um, speaking of 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 tropes or whatever, and I agree, you're right. I mean, we yeah. don't usually Disney doing their version of Chinatown. Like, is you're yeah. right. That is very rich. That's I totally think that's cool. I agree. But one thing that I'm not quite sold on um, is that in in uh, Moana, I think. Uh, Dwayne Johnson does an amazing job as the character. And he's, like I said, he's funny. He can sing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a very engaging character. He's got that big smile, just like The Rock does and everything. He has that <laughs> really cool magic fishing hook that can yeah. help him transform. Right? <laughs> he can sing. I mean, I like You're Welcome. That's probably my favorite song of the movie. The Rock can sing. I mean, he's able to string those words together thanks to the lyrics by Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> 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 no, no, like, I'm about to buy his album. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not yes, saying Yes, you that. would. <laughs> I'm not saying that, um, but <laughs> um, what are you asking? Uh, but I'm not sure. Casting The Rock in this role makes perfect sense, just as casting Jason Bateman makes Bateman makes sense in Zootopia. The problem is Bateman's kind of snarky, I don't give a crap kind of thing, which is what Bateman does. I don't find that as um, timeless as the, as I think The Rock character is. I think that, and again. Uh, in fact, in a weird way, I almost he plays a fox. The quality of a well, fox is being sly, and he's sly, and he has an emotional journey. <laughs> there's something about it that always feels a little in Zootopia. And again, I only saw it once, but there's something about it that feels a little too obvious. It's like, and of course they cast Jason Bateman. Whereas The Rock, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, if you would like looking at that character, you would I could I couldn't not see The Rock as a big Samoan man. <laughs> like, I know, I know what you're saying. I, I get it. It's just that like. 
I don't know. There's something about the Bateman character that kind of like left me a little cold in Zootopia. That I'm like, ah, he's okay. Like he's not that memorable to me. But I love the plot of Zootopia. Oh, that's he's also not the main character. Right. I mean, Judy Hopps is the main character. <laughs> well, that's the same. Well, right, but he's he is a well. I mean, right. Uh, just like Moana is the main character. I mean, yeah, you know, he's also he's been traumatized, Peter. <laughs> yeah, Jason Bateman has. He wanted to be a little cub or a little scout. Yeah. And they put a muzzle on him and everything, so <laughs> he's not going to be, like, that vibrant in the film. <laughs> That's why he's doing the job he does now of hustling people. <laughs> That's true. Again, I, I probably do need to rewatch it. But I mean, you should, and that's a sad moment. Like, I think when you're watching Topia and you see him going down in that little, you know, all excited, ready to be part of the Little Scouts, and something happens really badly. So it's just like... There is character depth in that movie, but we go on, I mean... Yes, Moana. There's a there's a universality to Moana that works for it. I mean that goes because that's a it, it follows a it follows a more acceptable story that you've seen from Disney time and time again. So I mean I, I get the if you want to talk about timelessness, I can see that to a point. I mean I, I get what you're saying. Well, like, are you saying Moana would be timeless? Oh, I feel like I'm Moana. saying that the, the kind of the themes and the way it goes about its story is more universal. But you've you've seen this story over right. and over again, which is why it continues to work. That said, Zootopia is did make a billion dollars. People seem to like it. It's like it's it's the biggest what non sequel Disney movie like based off nothing ever something like that. Right. Well, that's I don't want to be repetitive, but that's where we're kind of talking about where like Zootopia is re- recreating something. It's unique. Where Moana, it is original. It's not original. I mean, but it's again the details. Like it's not. She's not recreate. The story's not recreating anything really. And only the little fine details yeah, in, in about, terms of like structure it's playing off similar things but it does right. it really well it does <laughs> that's true and i don't know how you guys felt about like talk if you want to say like a film be timeless or something because it kind of i don't know about age well but it does that little joke with um johnson being Mau- well, maui the tweeting joke. The tweeting yeah he's like when you have a bird to ride with it's called tweeting Oh, I like that. that was cute. You did? Like, I kind of, I wish... I rolled that, my eyes at that one. I wish that I was, wasn't in the film. I, what I like about, I mean, Disney does a good job of not making too many kind of pop culture references. Mm-hmm. I Looks kind of I say that, that And I say that after talking about Zootopia, where there are a number of pop, pop culture references, although they're not... But they're incorporated over, yeah, they're in incorporated a way where really well, really well yes. <laughs> I feel the same way. I kind of, I wish it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> that line <laughs> i see what you're saying although i don't know i mean like going back to Aladdin, no, it's, i mean that's that's you know that's splitting hairs and talking about like right. split second jokes that don't make up the whole movie <laughs> right right, well, right i mean social media like now technology is definitely definitely you know different where it's like when you watch a movie just like okay well, like a hundred years just saying the term tweeting i don't know i mean even if it doesn't evoke some past thing called twitter that once existed i mean just saying the word tweeting sounds funny i guess like, like it, that's true it's just a funny sounding word how about even google earth because <laughs> <laughs> in lion yeah you get you get a call back of google earth yeah. <laughs> how about those coconuts the Kakamora. That action sequence is pretty terrific. That whole right? coconut action, like boat action sequence thing, that that was pretty fantastic. It's like smokers from Waterworld. <laughs> yeah. Or Mad Max. I yeah. think is the one people are yeah. comparing it to. But that's it's... probably my favorite sequence in that movie. Is the Kakamoras. <laughs> They're like, oh, they look cute. <laughs> they put the little makeup on. <laughs> Peter. I agree. I like that too. Um, it's not my favorite sequence but it has a sense of scale that the rest of the movie doesn't really get to approach because it's it's mostly a, a two character it's a two-hander but i mean my favorite 
my favorite parts of the movie is really just the, the is just the two people these these two characters with two different ways again like i said of approaching how to get something done or whatever like that's just what i really liked i love her trying to work up the courage to say to you know you are coming with me you know like like mm-hmm. i that kind of stuff um but yeah i mean i'm i'm looking forward to seeing it, seeing it again it's just so it's so funny the zootopia thing because when i was saying i think i had texted aaron and i was like oh this is the best this is the best Disney thing in a long time. I totally forgot about Zootopia because to me, it's like it's the question of is it better than Frozen? Is it better than Tangled? You know, like um, do you really like Tangled? Yeah, you know what's weird? I saw Tangled once, just like you, and I thought it was great. I was like, wow, this is really great. Um, but you're right. I was surprised by how good it was when I saw. It. I like I saw it alone. For when I saw it, like alone at a movie theater, just like all right, let's see that Disney movie, and like no one's around. I'm like all right, let's just. <laughs> Being tangled by myself, it was like a it's like a six o'clock show on a Saturday. It's just my, by myself watching Tangled. It's like yeah, I want to see Tangled, what that? It is like all right, that was that was good. That was really good. Like I enjoyed it. Like I can't remember any of the songs. Yeah, um, oh, you're I, I remember the lantern I scene. I know. Yeah, some people. Yeah, a, lot of people <laughs> a lot of people do. A lot of people do remember the songs. I remember the lantern oh, scene, I, but I but I can't beautiful. think. I can't think of what it sounded like whatsoever. <laughs> right, and like talking about music, like the music in. Moana is fun and it's catchy. Yeah, you know. Yes, we know. We know the way. And how far oh, I'll go is yeah. Moana's song that's reprised. I think th- I think it's three times. If I'm not wrong. And I, I latch <laughs> I latch on to the jokier songs. I like "You're Welcome" and I like "Shiny." I like those songs quite a bit. <laughs> I think they're fun. The shiny one. Now, that scene as well with like the the pirate coconuts. Do you guys think those scenes went a little bit too long? Do you think they could have been shortened? They're fine the way they are. I mean, the, like the, the <laughs> middle of the movie, there's a lot of you know, like going down to find Jemaine Clement's crab monster. Like it's a big distraction essentially to like because you need to, to get there. You know, you have to get a goal, so you go to this new place. But I, it's that kind of initial viewing thing where it doesn't bother me. It's more like, oh, I get to discover this new world. Maybe on subsequent viewings, I might be like, well, yeah, that goes on a little longer or something. But it's not something that really got to me that first time around. That's pretty great though when Jemaine Clement has that observation about that it's not green thing that it's like she's actually just. Oh yeah, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> it has that dry observation about I see here. It's really just this kind of porridge mix or whatever. Like it, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, um, but yeah, I just I, it's funny to me because uh, my you know honestly my favorite of the new Disney movies. It's weird because I can't really say it's the best. I'd be like, well, no, Frozen's for sure. Even Frozen was better. I really like Wreck It Ralph. I think Wreck It Ralph beyond that. I like video games. It has a lot of hearts. Like it just yes. has so much heart and everything. And when when he when he has to destroy her little go kart thing, yeah, like just like that's a pretty good scene. It's a pretty good like. Oh man, I feel so. I I understand why he's doing it, but I feel so bad. You know, well, I th- what's funny to me, like, because I I like Wreck It Ralph, but I think and because I'm also a big video game guy, what got to me why I don't like Wreck It Ralph more, or as far as like putting it up as like new Disney classic, is that it. It it for me it didn't spend enough time doing more video game stuff. It got caught up in the whole candy world for like a good chunk of the movie. It's like I want to see more of these worlds. <laughs> like, I want to go. Yeah, see, I kind of felt go. that way too. And then I I thought that the Halo Call of Duty world was just okay. Like um I I kind of yeah. But wait, are they doing a sequel? They are. Right? Yes, they are. So I assume they will like up the ante on these you know video game worlds game. they can go so, to. There's a sequel. They're making a sequel. Yeah, 2018, I believe it's supposed to come out. See, I liked Wreck It Ralph too, but I'm trying to. Princess and the Frog, right? Is that what it was called? That's one of them, yeah. That's the 2, 2D one. That's the, the, that's the last hand-drawn one. Yeah, last hand-drawn one. Oh, oh, wow. That one was fun, too. I guess from the these Tangled. I want to watch Tangled again to like 
get a better grasp of like where these stand. Yeah, I'd be happy to watch Tangled again. I don't think I'm suddenly going to be like, oh, Tangled is actually the best of all of these. I don't think my like no, my, my think I'm going to jump either. suddenly to that. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the Lana guys? What did you guys think of the uh, the little short before? That's it? exactly what we're going to talk about right now because oh. Lana <laughs> did like the short quite a bit. I believe Inner Workings is the name of yeah. it, right? How's it going? How's it going? That's great. When when oh, everybody what? died. What'd you What'd you think <laughs> of the short? I was, you know, like I loved it. Well, yeah. The so the short. I, as far I mean, as far as I, my thought, like I like the short. the The only kind of concern I have is like I like the, the like the visualization of the body parts or whatnot. Like it's a weird, but the, it feels like a weird mix of Inside Out and Paper Man. Remember Paper Man, Peter? Oh yeah. yeah. Like and what a what got to me is like, all right, like I like what they're doing here, but I feel like I've seen a story like this before. As far as like, okay, here's a guy, he has a routine, and then it breaks off because he finds something new and wants to like, you know, mix it up, which is basically what paper man was also but like i do i do like it. it's very enjoyable i like piper more as far as like the shorts from disney this year but yeah i agree what'd you think what'd you think oh what, okay so i guess it's kind of set it up so it's from first time director leo matsuda mm-hmm. and he did the story he was story artist for big hero six and wreck it ralph and his producer sean lurie as well it's approximately six minute long short film inner workings and it's basically telling the story of a struggle between the brain and the heart and it has a blend of CG and hand-drawn animation. And I thought it was, you know, fun and a quirky short that's exploring the importance of finding, you know, the balance of life. Because a little bit of the background of the director, he's Japanese and Brazilian. And he said in an interview how his Japanese side is very disciplined and logical. And the Brazilian side is the one that wants to party. So I definitely got that when watching Inner Workings. Because mm-hmm. what is the boring glum and glum, I think, is his workplace yeah some like yeah yeah <laughs> and he's kind of like struggling and you see that like we can all it's a universal story you can relate to having to get up and go to this location that you probably really don't want to go to but you have to because it's making a means in life but and also wanting to enjoy things and i think everyone can relate when he's passing by those pancakes his stomach starts grumbling and i've had that moment where it's like <laughs> i want the pancakes but don't get the pancakes because you probably can get fat <laughs> And, like, he has all these explorations of, like, I want to have fun, but then this could happen, you know? There's mm-hmm. the scenes where he ends yeah, up, like, dying. Yeah, he's, yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to go surf because the That stuff was clever. I like that. Yeah. That's a very clever way. And the animation is really neat, too. And uh, the director also has spoken about, and I even told you, like, mm-hmm. afterwards, where it's like, it was a fun scene of, like, the layering, kind of like the encyclopedias yeah. they used to have. And that's neat. I just, I really enjoyed it, and I will agree, though, I feel like, in a way, Piper could be my favorite, though, even though I do enjoy this one, too. It's really hard, because it's doing, you know, what a short film needs to do within the time it has. It needs to be, you know, visually, like, grasp the audience. It needs to have, like, a quick story, even though it may not be original, like you're seeing, you've seen this, some people have said, like, you know, they've seen, like, this with Inside Out and everything, but it is doing something a little bit different because it's also he's incorporating something of his own life. So I, I feel like that kind of take heart where it's like it's kind of it's not too personal where it's like, oh, it makes you sad. But like there's something there. And he even said like there was like an inspiration of some Wes Anderson in there, um, how to tell the story. I can see that. But what do you think, Peter? What'd yeah. You what do you think, Peter? <laughs> I liked it. I, I, I thought the humor worked in a way that Disney shorts are. Um, really good where they pick this one thing in this case it's when the character dies and you see the uh, 
I don't know, I don't know what he's supposed to be, but that's that kind of classic kind of um he's not a priest, but the one the one that basically is saying his last rites over these grave. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's and it, it it works really well where you start to anticipate it. That's something that I think the short, really good Disney shorts do, where they give you something that's clever and they repeat it in a way that you and because you could overkill it and then it doesn't work. But like it works really well. And you're right. I think that, or actually not right, but I did not know that he that basically you're saying that the piece itself was kind of an exploration of his two kind of personalities from his um from his um work from and i think that's really clever i was like oh that's really nice like i like that um but yeah it's not the best short ever or anything but i i I liked it a lot i i will say the best one the one that got me the most in recent years and i know some people are lukewarm on it actually and i'm wondering if aaron is lukewarm and i think it's the one before inside out it's the one about the lava island and finding Like, I really like that one, and I love people are like, nah, it's okay. I was like, oh, I really like Some it. people it's... find it, like, way too maudlin or something. Like, I know, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was a neat, it even, it'd be a little much to have it before this movie, because, like, that's a lot of, doing a lot, of, a lot of the same stuff here. But, no, I that's think it's, true. You know, I like I like the song. I like, it's, you know, it's a very Mickey Mouse song where it's, you know, exactly what's going on, because that's the nice. dialogue of the movie is the song. But, no, it's nice. The animation's fun and everything. The only one that I had a problem with was, was the blue umbrella from a few years back. <laughs> what was the blue umbrella one? That's the one where, like, there's a blue umbrella and a red umbrella in the rain, and, like, they, they have, like, faces, and it's, like, it's all silent, but they're, like, it's, like, one of this blue umbrella is trying to, like, make its way to be with the red umbrella as it's being held by people, and, like, like the bricks and the rain gutters and stuff, like, all come alive and have face. Like, it's just, it's this weird, like, amalgamation <laughs> of, like... It's like it's like as if I'm seeing like a mini movie of the Beauty and the Beast like castle pieces coming to life and doing like living their lives like that's what it feels like that in like New York City. I don't you know that you know it's when you're saying it I can kind of see it in my head but I don't think it stayed with me that well. So yeah, I'm trying to think of when it, what movie it came out with. It was one of the Pixar movies, I believe. I believe actually it could be one of the Disney movies also. But uh, <laughs> that's no, that was the, that was one where I was like, oh, that's a little much <laughs> as far as what they're trying to do. But this one's fun, even though like yeah, the soundtrack is... or the, the the score in the short film is is fun. Yeah, it's nice. It's a fun little short movie. It is. Good. I enjoyed it. But yes, the short's quite good. Also, did you say after the credits of uh, Moana, Peter? No. God damn it! I never do that. I should you do should that. Be doing that. <laughs> well, here's a P.S. to listeners: make sure to stay after the credits to Moana because there is a bit at the end with Jermaine Clement, which is quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> You missed out, Peter. Yeah. There's another movie that I just missed out on that had, that you told me. Oh, Finding Dory, you said had something, right? Yes, they, yeah. yeah, you they just all, have. They, they all do. do. Yeah, this is the thing. Just you like was, Marvel. Yeah. Wait, it's all do Disney. all Disney movies always have something at the end? I didn't you know that. Recently, they all seem to. Yes. <laughs> I don't think Wreck It Ralph does. I. I think. I, I, I don't think. No, I, I don't think it does. I think it, it does little fun things in the credits, though. I think there is. Utopia. Zootopia does not. No. No. <laughs> we just went over that. <laughs> it has some. It has music. I think it Aaron, because I asked him, because I was kind of falling asleep when we were watching it again. But I was like, "Is there anything at the end?" Because we're it just, just has sitting like, there. It just the has credits ju- going. It, it just has jungle sounds at the end. That's it. It just doesn't end on like music. It ends on jungle sounds because it's in Zootopia. Um. All right. So <laughs> when should people go and see Moana? I'd say go see it right now. Yeah, in yeah. theaters right Go away. Go see it in theaters. Yeah, that I mean, I I I mean, I think Moana is the best all audiences movie to see right now. Although I will say, 
I feel like Fantastic Beasts is getting a little is is strangely kind of underrated because I feel like a lot of people I know are really hating on it, and I liked Fantastic Beasts. Well, that's, like that's better. It's, but, it's I mean. making money, so I don't. I'm not too worried about Fantastic Wait, I Beasts. It, I was like, going to say, how is it doing with the money? Oh, like, it's doing Moana... fine with the money, despite Scott, friend of the show Scott, Scott Mendelson not was... liking the movie and making it making a point to have his headline seem like it's not doing well. It's doing really well. <laughs> well, how well did Moana do? Because Moana did great this weekend. Um, it, it made 81 million for 80. 85 million from Wednesday to now. It, it, it's like the second biggest Thanksgiving opening ever for like a Disney release, and just in general, I think something like that. That's not too surprising. No, it's not. Again, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's that film where like Fantastic Beasts and Moana, Thanksgiving, like you're gonna take your little ones. They're, they're the and two default take, movies to go see they are. right now. Yeah, and like Moana definitely would get more word of mouth of like people going to see it. But yes, Fantastic Beasts is, is performing like a Harry Potter movie, Peter. It's doing well. So basically, those two movies will have the next two or what, the next three weeks to make money until Star Wars comes out. So they should be able to make a lot of money, right? Uh, yeah, basically. They, they, like, yeah. Because, yeah, like, yeah, Jackie's not about to make a bunch of money. La La Land's only a limited release. Office Christmas Party's not going to make, like, too much money. Like, well, like uh, Star Wars, didn't they say the pre-ticket sale is 130 right now? Some, yeah, it's like 130 million is the projected it's, opening. It's weird. I, I remember a friend of mine. He thought he was like, "Ah, oh, Rogue One, it's it might only make 150." And I was like, well, "I don't think so." I'm like, "I think it's." He, I think his point was that it's not going to do anywhere near as well as Force Awakens. I'm like, "Well, no, yeah, it's not. Honestly, but course, that's but it's not going to do bad either." <laughs> like, probably, I'm a, unless it's terrible, I'm assuming it's going to be around 300. Wait, like, I can't imagine. Even if it's terrible, it's still going to make a ton of money. Well, wait, is it went, no. Even if it Rogue One, even if it's terrible, it would still make a ton. Look at Suicide Squad. That's the worst movie the well, year made a ton of. True, you're right. Suicide Squad, you're right. Good. good it's a Star good. Wars movie coming out around Christmas. There's no reason for it not to make money. Like. <laughs> You're right. Suicide Squad is terrible. It made over three. Is it 300 now? Is it over? Suicide. Yeah. Like it has like 750 million worldwide or like 800 worldwide or something like that. It made yeah. a crazy amount of money because it had all it had all of August to do that. And Star Wars, as we've talked about before, this podcast, like it has those December legs and that just makes it that makes everything happen. And this is also the first right in the it's the first the installment. Spin, yeah, of... But it's just a new Star Wars. Movie. Well, that's like, the thing. It's like, like, it's, <laughs> like when Force Awakens came out, it was kind of like, oh, OK, it can kind of like. I don't know. It was also a new thing, but it some way bookend. Not really. It had but... everything going for it. And it's right. also like an anomaly, just like Avatar is like an anomaly as yes. far as the kind of expe- expectations you can have for these mm-hmm. kind of things. Rogue One, it's going to it's going to be a blockbuster. It'll probably be somewhat larger than the average blockbuster because it's a it's a new Star Wars movie and it ha- that has its own kind of appeal to it. So you're saying it might be like Doctor Strange. Well, Doctor I mean no, right? Doctor Strange did well. It was doing really well. I would, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, comparing it to things, I would say it's like on the probably like a higher end version of Doctor Strange. I can see it. Like, I, I can't see it beating Civil War, but, um, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. I can see it beating Civil War. I think that's possible. It's more like four something over 400, I think it was. Wait, by the way, going back to animation in Moana. You know what's really weird? And again, maybe I missed Scott's post on this, but somehow Finding Dory became the biggest anime movie of all, animated film of all time. And like, I feel like no one talked about it. Like, how's that possible? Really? Like, <laughs> I, I feel like no one said anything. And then I was like, I just, I was on Box Office Mojo. I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, it's, it's the biggest one ever. I was like, how it's did the... this not come up? Wait, so what did you it, say it, again? It's the best animation? Best, biggest animated. Oh, biggest? One, of the, one of the biggest animated. Oh. Like, it's made way more money. And I was like, oh. I'm like, it. 
I was assuming it was yeah, going to be it's the, it's the biggest it. domestic animated film of all time. Um, yeah, I was like, wow. But I guess I feel like no one – I guess it's one of those movies where everyone's just like, oh, yeah, Fine Dory, it's good. You know, like it's not the best thing ever, but that's oh, good. But it's weird because I'm like, wow, it, it really made a lot of money. Is it in the summer? Yeah, it was in the yeah, it was, summer. Yeah, it was June. I mean, it's because that... well, because it's not a movie that necessarily captures like a a thing. That, there's nothing to talk about with it besides like, oh yeah, I saw it. It's pretty good. Like, I mean, there's not it's really just, it there's something to delve into. There's not really. there's yeah, it's not that deep, as right? Things, especially in a summer in a summer where you have like all these superhero movies and people people constantly talking about those. Like, right. there's and, you end up having the same characters again, kind of just going on this other journey, yeah, like, and you already know them. So but it it like, did oh. the expected thing, which was make a ton of money, right. and it did make a ton of money. <laughs> I see what you're saying, but yeah, I mean, it just, it, it still did. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Peter. Probably Moana will get up there. But no, I'm not doubting <laughs> the possibility that Star Wars is going to be a very big success. How big is, yes, that's obviously a question, but I don't think it's going to underperform. I don't think it's going to flop by any means. You have to have, like, Felicity Jones and, I don't know, the, the rest, like, Lucasfilm come out as, like, huge racists, like, a week before it opens <laughs> for something bad to happen. Um, but, yeah, so... Yeah. All right. So let's move on now. Let's wait. Get... What how about you? I would say yeah, see, <laughs> see Moana in theaters. Why wouldn't you do that? That's a movie to see. Go do it. It's really fun. You're welcome. Um, okay. <laughs> let's move on now. Let's get to our sponsor real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? Audible. Tri- Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks and other similar programs for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or kind of MP3 device. Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audio download of your choice. Uh, and a three thirty day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast, download a free audiobook, and check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep that book that you download for free, for free, be a winner, Read. or listen at audibletrial.com <laughs> slash outnowpodcast. All right, let's do some feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. All right. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, <laughs> facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, where I'm going to read all the questions that we asked and the answers that our listeners provided, and then they asked us some questions that we're going to be trying to answer as well. Um, Anna, Peter, feel free to uh, throw in your uh, responses to some of these questions as you see fit. Cool? <laughs> yes. Peter, you still there? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally cool. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Okay, first question. What Disney family, what Disney movie family would you want to have Thanksgiving dinner with? Jason writes the Rocketeer because we need to watch a hopeful a hopeful film and it's just great to film to watch. I don't think you got the question. Uh, Manish writes the Kingdom Entangled, also Tiana's Restaurant from Princess and the Frog. Hmm. Be a good Thanksgiving yes. dinner. <laughs> Tyler writes the Pirate Lords because anything is better than arguing politics at my family's Thanksgiving. Uh, Chris writes Remy from Ratatouille <laughs> would be an awesome meal. Uh, Justin Wright, Moana's family. And Jay writes, The Lion King. There'd be a bit of awkwardness with the whole Scar killing Mufasa and trying to kill Simba stuff, but it'd be fun to get drunk with Rafiki. And in terms of extra food for unexpected guests, I think they'd be really prepared. They'd really be prepared. Oh. <laughs> I think I would go with uh, the characters from Beauty and the Beast. The the ones that You'd are be in, their in guest? the castle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um because it's that whole that dinner scene when they're gonna serve Belle, like that's so much fun. So it looks like that'd be a great fun, like to start dinner with a big song and dance and well, then I'm, get into eating. I mean, I'm tempted to sound like an ugly American and say the 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 tourists in um, Wally because they basically get all the food they want, even though they're all overweight and everything. But it's in a, cup. It's like, in a it's like they get every form. food they want. Like um, ratatouille <laughs> does seem like a good pick because the food, like. You guys are missing out on the obvious answer. I mean, honestly, Moana, the food looked great there, too. I mean, like, 
What is this obvious? Eating? And what's the I would eat. I would eat with Genie because I could get whatever I want. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's pretty good. Look <laughs> at that. You, you won that one. <laughs> good answer. That's because I never had a friend like him. All right, here's the next one. What Disney character would be the best to bring with you on Black Friday? Brandon writes Scrooge McDuck so he can pick up the tab. <laughs> Justin writes Genie and Carpet. April writes Rapunzel is pretty handy with that skillet. And Manish writes Ursula. She's a good negotiator. <laughs> I like Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck's that's a good, good yeah. That seems like the, yeah. Duck's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That Vizio TV is pretty expensive. Uh, you can get more than, you can get a better brand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you get a, you get a, go, go full of Sony. That's okay, <laughs> you're right. And get like a whole sound whole, system. Exactly, Scrooge McDuck yep. money. That's All right, we got that one. Yeah, Brandon, you're, you win that one. Okay, next one. What Disney character would have been a champion on The Voice or American Idol? Jay writes Lumiere. He has more personality than most princesses. Manish writes Belle. Jason writes Ariel. Justin writes Belle for sure, but I liked Tamatoa and Moana. Who would win one of these hmm. reality music TV I shows? I think Ariel's a pretty good pick. I personally I was gonna, I'm going to say with Ariel, go yeah. with Ariel as well. Um, Even though I do like Beauty and the Beast a lot, but I'm going with Ariel on this one. Yeah, I think I'd go with Ariel also. Um, he has like that range. In like mermaid form or like with, with, with feet. The, gim the gimmick of her have being a mermaid on this show, I think, would really drive up the ratings. That's I for think sure. so. Okay. So that's the winner in that one. All right. Next question. Favorite Disney sidekick character? Justin writes, I kind of like Hey Hey, but my favorite sidekick is Sven and Carpet. Manish writes Pascal and Maximus from Tangled. Philip writes Baymax from Big Hero 6. Chris likes Sebastian from My Little Mermaid. <laughs> I like Pascal. Pascal. Uh, Baloo is my answer. Baloo. Baloo. Yes. Yeah. Baloo is pretty good. Again, a big I bear, mean, like I said earlier, I my know everybody question. <laughs> like, see, Pascal is cute for, like, for now. Is Pascal the chameleon? Yes, he's okay. a chameleon tangled. And, hmm. Peter, you have an answer? So do we not get to say sadness? She's not really. You can say sadness. That's a Disney sidekick character. Sidekick. I don't know why I'd want to hang around with sadness. Well, I guess it's not hang around, it's just favorite. <laughs> Well, because ultimately sadness is is vital. She's actually important. We might think she's not, but like, I mean that. Yes, yeah, she's thing. so drew and dreary. Um, <laughs> but not Bing Bong. <laughs> That's an area. Of... <laughs> <laughs> How Bing Bong? He's like part cat and dolphin. Or just Richard Kind in general. You're like him <laughs> <laughs> around with you. Yeah, I can't think of. I mean, I that for some reason sadness popped in my head. Like, all right, <laughs> That's fine. That's so sad. All right. Next question. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Warren... You know what? No, I like that talking dog in Up. Oh, oh Doug. 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 <laughs> he does love you. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Next question. Uh, Warren Beatty returned of a new film. Who are your favorite actor directors? Uh, Tyler writes Clint Eastwood and Ben Ben Affleck and Mel Gibson. Uh, Chris writes Luke Besson and Alfred. I think he just meant, I think he just thought directors here. But yeah, like, so actors that turn directors that are also still actors. Mm-hmm. Wait, Luke Besson was an actor? No, I think I think he misread the question. Oh, I was like, unless really? unless there is a movie that he's in, but I don't think so because he also wrote Alfred Hitchcock. Because so I thought like, oh, the cameos, but okay. <laughs> um, so actor, director, actors. Well, if I had seen the movie she directed, I I might be saying Natalie Portman because I I I really thought she was really good in Jackie. I was like, wow, she's she's because she has, I haven't seen her in a while, but I haven't seen her actually direct a movie. She did direct a movie, right? Yeah, she directed some. They came out this year. I haven't seen Angelina Jolie's movies. Um, honestly, my my reaction, even though he's not the best actor, 
but he's such a specific thing is probably Woody Allen. Like he's not, yeah. it's not that I think he's the best actor ever, but like to me, Woody Allen, well, he plays the Woody Allen role. Well, cause he's Woody Allen. <laughs> Woody Allen. <laughs> it just feels like Woody Allen is he's, he's the writer, director, actor. He's the whole thing. Like, yes, he does what he does, but I mean, like, that's just when I think of that, it's like, Oh yeah. Woody Allen. Although Ben Affleck's not a bad choice. Like he's, He's become a really good director. Like, he's, uh, well, he's, I mean, I think he started out as a great. I mean, his first film was my favorite film of his. Still, Gone Baby Gone. Oh, I, would say he, I think I would say he's become a better actor. If anything, yeah. Well, sort of. I would agree that Gone Baby Gone is probably his most. It's strange. It's probably his most mature work. But I think that his sense of scale and and handling bigger productions like with Argo and stuff has actually really improved. So, well, but I'm saying he started strong. Like I, as an act as an actor, he didn't start strong. Oh wait, does he? Well, is Dazed and Confused his first? He's really good in that. Is that his first? <laughs> he's good. I mean, but that—that's not he's like I don't think that's Canyon or whatever. Like he's a really good villain. Like, but I, that, but not, but every actor can play that. Like that's not a, that's not a thing that's unique to him. I'd say as far as like Ben Affleck type roles, he's better at Ben Affleck type roles now than he was when he, you know, just doing ran like you know doing whatever Geely, <laughs> you know, just random stuff. That's probably true. Um. Because I think he's like really good. In, I think he's good in his own movies. Actually, I did think he's really good in Argo. I think he's really good in The Town. He's yeah. good. He was a good bat. He was like the highlight of Batman. <laughs> like, That's true. In a, in a, you know, the year or the two years after everyone, you know, proclaimed how terrible Affleck was to be a choice for Batman, he's like the one of the best things about the movie. It's true. He is. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Wait, who did Anna pick for the actor director? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm gonna go along with Ben Affleck as well. Okay. There's something. There's someone I'm not thinking of. Well, Clint Eastwood was the obvious, but I mean, like, oh, that's not obvious. That's more of like that's a pick you can make. But that you know what's weird like... though? There's a weird part of me that wants to say it's only because of the way the question is worded. But if we were talking, if the question was somehow worded about like stars who are also very involved in their productions, you say like Tom Cruise. Yeah, I would have said Tom Cruise. I was like, well, Tom Cruise is so he's so specific. Even though I didn't like the new Jack Reacher, like. You know, his movies really feel like Tom Cruise movies in a good way. Um, but he's not a director. So I'm like, well, I guess that doesn't count then. Um, I guess I was also kind of thinking about further back in cinema. So I was thinking about Gene Kelly. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to say Gene Kelly. <laughs> That's what, I'm like just sitting here trying to think because I love the, that part of cinema more. Like, of course, now it's fun to watch movies as well, but. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying I'm, to think of more. There's more. There's more. <laughs> I feel like there's some that I'm missing, but like like Clooney's one that I like. Yeah. I can't say I've, I, can't, I haven't loved all of his films, but again, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is one of my favorite movies. I love that movie, and that was his first movie. What was the one about the the news, the black and white? Good night and good luck. Uh, good night and good luck. Yeah. Right. That's really good. Yeah. I'm going to now because I'm not going to say Costner. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, Robert Redford, Rob Rob Reiner. Ron Howard, a lot of Rons. Coppola. Chaplin, that seems pretty. Mm. <laughs> See, yeah, I'm thinking. Oh, what are we talking about? Orson Welles is almost like the best answer for this one. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson right. Welles. I'm, I'm like, was going back in that way, so just sitting here trying to think. <laughs> but there we go. Sidney Pollock is another, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. <gasps> Sylvester Stallone. Stallone? Actually, I like I I like, I like Stallone. I, I'm I'm so curious to see more of his directed films. Like yes. I look like he. It seems like he. Wait, like, I remember at, like Comic Con he was talking about Expendables of all things. And um, <laughs> but like just the like regardless of my thoughts on the movie, the enthusiasm he has for talking about filmmaking as opposed to just mm-hmm. acting, acting is it. very mm-hmm. like it's very um, genuine. It is very genuine. Yes, it exactly. seems like he 
it's really a a craft that he wants to explore more. Yeah, I really really do really well. Yeah. So yeah, Sylvester Stallone, you guys. Yeah, I'd be very (laughs) curious. I'm very curious to see what his kind of you know older man career is going to be as he direct if he hopefully directs more movies Mm -hmm. because he is a competent director. I agree. Yeah. If he does Creed two, still Creedin, we'll uh we'll find out for sure. (laughs) Oh wait, Google, wait. Kugler's not doing it. He's not doing Creed too. No, he's 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 got Marvel money now. He's oh, not doing he's got Black Panther. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, like he's got Marvel money. <laughs> he's, he's got to do anything now. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, so my yeah. choice would say, yeah, I see with Sylvester Stallone. Gene Kelly's a good pick as no, well. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not getting rid of Gene Kelly. Those All right. Are my two. Okay. Next one. Next <laughs> question. What actor paired best with Brad Pitt? It's in reference to Allied, obviously. Uh, Chris okay. writes Julia Roberts and the Mexican. Uh, Jason Jay writes George Clooney. Oceans. The Oceans films. April writes Ed Norton in the Fight and Fight Club, obviously. And Michael Lee writes uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, cl- clearly, I was going to say Morgan Freeman. I was like, obviously, Morgan Freeman. The 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 relaxed ease he has of Clooney is, I mean, that works very well for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, Fight Club is one of my favorite movies ever, so that you know, kind of naturally works as well. Um, Brad Pitt's pretty good at the chemistry, I would say. Actually, <laughs> he is a, he's pretty natural with a lot of people. Yes. He's even, he's even great with an actor who I, you guys, or I don't know about Anna, but Uh-oh. someone like Bruce Willis, who Aaron likes more than I do. I mean, he works great in 12 Monkeys, like with Bruce I was going to say, what Monkey. movie? Yeah, 12 Monkeys, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a lot. He's one of the highlights yeah. of 12 Monkeys. I mean, like, he's terrific in that. Like, uh, and he, and he, what did I, just, I remember seeing okay. the poster for that. Um, no, I love 12 Monkeys. It's a great movie. Yeah, no. Yeah. I would say, I would say you would probably like 12, because it's like, it's very, the, the some trivia I know about 12 Monkeys, Terry Gilliam, he, he gave um, Willis a list of Willis-like things to not do in that movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? So it, really? Yes, like he actually gave him a list of things to do that were not typically done in, in movies done by Bruce Willis, and that's why that performance is very unhinged and very folk. Like what I like, I mean, you can say yes, I like Bruce Willis more than you, but what I like, but recent years I don't actually. But like, it's more of he's very good when he has a director that can work with him. If it's just a person that puts him in a role and he just he'll just do whatever he just he'll just be whatever because he doesn't care as much. But when the director really really tries to direct him, he can be really good in things. That's why he gets that's why Shyamalan, who's a great actor's director, gets great performances out of Bruce Willis. True, like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable are great Bruce Willis performances. He's really working hard there. He is. I I agree. Wes Anderson got a great one out of him. He is. Yeah, and uh, Tarantino. He's going to Tar- and Tarantino. Yes, Tarantino got a great one out of him. Yeah, honestly, what it is, I don't like. Yeah, I guess what it is is I don't like Willis on his smug autopilot. That's what I don't like. Uh, I don't like it when it when the role clearly requires more. Yes, which is which is why I was disappointed in the last Die Hard because that's a that's a character he sh- I feel like he should respect that character specifically. And like when, so, if he's just going to sleepwalk through even that, like that really bothers me a lot. Like that yeah, gets to me. As opposed to like Salone treats Rambo and all and Rocky with respect. Like he really tries to make sure he's playing different shades of those characters and tries something that's something I unique so to he it. He cares about those characters. Like he, he does more. And and you know, a fifth Die Hard movie apparently Willis just didn't care. Even though the fourth one, he did care. Like they really tried to do something and just. His the attitude ap- ends up being like, I've already done this role, I can do it, let me just do it. Yeah, so Where Stallone's like, he still has heart for this character, yeah. even though it's, you know, Rocky, like, so many years after, and then Creed, where he still he still Yeah, plays, you still get you know? to see Rocky. He's, like, yeah. I still, I feel emotions <laughs> feel for it. Rocky. Connect, yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting to me how Stallone really managed to, strangely, he kind of recreated Rocky, like, two or three times. I mean, because I, uh-huh. I watched them when Creed was coming out, and like, 
the version of Rocky in Rocky three and four is so cartoony compared to the first two movies. And don't get me wrong. I love those movies, but like it's cartoony, but it's because fame got to him. Like it's not, out works. Of it's not it totally yeah. works, you know? Yeah. And then, and then he, of course, decades later, he does Rocky Balboa and he's, he really starts becoming more, almost like method acting. You're like, it's wow. introspective. It's reflective. Like it, yeah, there's, there's the, growth. the, yes, the, the character arc of Rocky over the decades is fascinating to me. I think it's such a great dedication to how that, what makes that character work. I don't know if I, although I will say though, um, I don't know how much I love the first blood. I think first blood's good. I watched that like, last oh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Rambo it's fan. A huge like, I, I like first blood Rambo two's like fun. But yeah. but for, first blood I think is legit good. I, yes, think first I agree. Blood can, first blood's yeah. a good movie. Yeah. Rambo two's fun, and then the, I can take or leave the rest. Like even Ra- especially Ra- Rambo, I know a lot of people like more than I do. Apparently, I'm not a big Rambo. Uh, like the last Rambo movie. Um, I like Son of Rambo. Son of Rambo's good. <laughs> Son. All right, let's go. Let's move on. We okay. gotta keep moving. Okay. Here's some questions that we're getting. This one's from Jason. Do you think Warren Beatty will keep his promise and make Dick Tracy two? In year three thousand. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge fan of Dick Tracy, but the guy's 79 years old, and it's been over 20 years since Dick Tracy came out. I don't I don't see another Dick Tracy happening unless he like does the voice for some reason. <laughs> this is what I was trying to think about. So Warren Beatty took him a while to do Rules Don't Apply, and we we're talking about Silence and Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I know I'm full circle right yeah, now. Yeah, well, that was like, a passion project for Warren that's Beatty. That's what I was trying to think about yeah. when we we're talking. So like, how you? I mean, Rules Don't Apply, you. You liked it? I liked it, but, like, it's not, like... But you don't feel... It doesn't feel like, man, this was the culmination of 40 years of planning. It just feels like, all right, he finally made that. It feels... What what Rules Don't Apply felt like is that they shot a lot of footage, Mm -hmm. and they edited it to be this. And this is competent enough, and it's fun, but it's not much more. It's not a movie that's going to stand the test of time. Gotcha. So hopefully with Silence, with this the same type of span of, like, taking so much time to, you know, create your film, Mm -hmm. that it does stan yeah okay ideally but yeah that's what i was trying to think of okay yay thanks for that question <laughs> are you a dick tracy fan peter yeah i liked it at the time i have not seen it in forever but it, i used it, to really like it yeah it, it has a great use of matte paintings to make yes. that that colorful world come alive i can see that i can yeah. see that i miss matte paintings that and like sin city do great as far as establishing yes. a comic book world really effectively. You're right. yeah those two absolutely and interestingly so different because what Dick Tracy's doing in filmmaking, which is map paintings, is very different than the digital cinema. The di- yeah, so, yeah. Because that's what yeah. filmmaking used to be I, with map paintings. Yeah, I, I, I look forward to a new murals. Beverly double, double feature of Dick Tracy. I would love it. <laughs> yeah. It's like who even does that in Hollywood anymore? Like make murals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's all CGI. And... Yeah. Next question is from Tyler. Any advice on how to start or maintain a solid movie blog? I've been looking to start one for a while in hopes of getting my name out there, but I'm not technologically literate enough to build a whole decent looking website from scratch. Tyler. Fortunately, many websites <laughs> have you covered on how to do that. Blogger is very easy. That's what I use for the code of Zeke to just set up a, a site that you want, and it has all these custom themes and what have you. Um, there's other sites that do this as well. Uh, I think WordPress is a little more advanced, um, but it's certainly possible. Um, there's things like Squarespace, which I know which would be great for us to have an ad for because we can make more ad money off of that. But I know that's another site that makes everything very simple. I don't think anyone's using LiveJournal anymore, so you don't, Live journal. don't look at that one. Yeah, <laughs> or, or GeoCities or AngelFire. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. It, but yeah, WordPress, I would recommend WordPress. WordPress and, and, and again, Blogger. I mean, they most of them do have like, you know, uh, pre pre-made themes or what have mm-hmm. you that you can they can still customize so it's just a matter of 
you know, go advance a little bit like WordPress. Has yeah. Advanced in its time. So it's just a matter of, you know, finding the one that works for you and building some kind of, you know, theme for your site or what have you. and Just do what you do. Right, Peter? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what that, do you use, that, that, that site that you keep saying you're going to start someday? Oh, yeah. I know. That's the funny like, I, I, <laughs> I've written for other sites, but I've always wanted to have my own site, even if it's just for a way for people to just look up my own um, Yeah, you can just like, throw all your links on I there. mean, that's what that, that's I essentially use the code of Zeke for, for the most part. Yeah. Wait, what? That's essentially what I use the code of Zeke for, just to like uh, combine all the stuff that I post. I do all my original posts as well. So. I know. I do. I got to – yeah, you're right. Well, I'm hoping right. perhaps 2017 will be the year that I get it together. So. All right. <laughs> at at pajamo.com? Yes. I used to have it. <laughs> uh, next question. Jason writes, uh, do you think it was necessary for Guy Lapointe to be in a Fantastic Beast? That's a Johnny Depp reference. Whatever. We'll see what happens in the next movies, I guess, as far as his presence in them go. So, yeah, that, that's all yeah. I got for that. All right. Let's – um, we got to move because I know Peter's got to go soon. So let's move right. on now. Um, Anna, what, what time is it? I think it's time for games. Is that the time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Beautiful. All right, let me get this and this. I can keep score of you guys. Okay, that was, of course, the improv theme for games. And Anna has made a game for you and I to play this week, Peter. Go ahead. I did. Are you guys ready? Yeah. It's pretty easy. It'll, it'll go by quickly. So here we go. The name of the game is Hey Hey, what's the name of that sidekick? Okay, all right. <laughs> hey Hey, what's the name of that sidekick? Okay, that's the name of the game. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of give a description of this character and you have to shout out its name. Okay. okay. So, we'll, so, we'll, so we'll buzz in with our name to buzz in. Yes. Originally, I, I told you I had two titles. I had Hey Hey, which movie is that sidekick from? Okay. And so if you want, you can throw in the movie as well if you want. I don't know. Okay. You do what you want. So you're going to describe a, a, Disney side, a Disney sidekick character? I'm go- Yes. And we have, to, we have to name what that character is? Yes. Okay. All righty. You ready? I'm ready. All right. First one. This fish gets anxiety each time. Just remember, he isn't a guppy. Oh, it's... Aaron? Yeah, is yeah. that the character's name? The, uh, you need the uh, character's name. No, I'm, I'm shouting my name out to Buzz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you need the name um, of the character. Uh, sidekick? Uh, is it Flounder? You're right. Okay. It is Flounder. He's not a guppy, you guys. He's a flying horse that was created from clouds. What? Aaron. Yes, Aaron. Pegasus? Yep. From Her- Hercules? Oh, Pegasus? yeah. It's in that forever. Forever. <laughs> These two are her only friends and try to get her to the ball. These two are her only <laughs> friends and try to get her to the ball. I just don't know their names. I... Oh, <laughs> come on, Peter. I'm like, what One's what? Gus Gus, right? Yeah. I don't know the other one. Fat Mouse. <laughs> no. Do you have a thought, Peter? That's my favorite we DJ. Split. Fat Mouse. <laughs> we can split. Let's see. If... Peter, you got it? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I... It's, it's Jacques. he taught this boy how to have fun and learn the bare necessities of life well junk uh, i don't know what his name is though i don't know these characters i know the movies like shoot blue (laughs) you got it wait you're supposed to say aaron so i'll say peter blue okay Okay. (laughs) are we giving that to peter all right (laughs) if you know the movie say the movie peter oh okay all right okay 
He has the dream of being a famous jazz trumpet player. Aaron. Yes, Aaron. Princess and the Frog? The what's it like? You got the movie correct. What's his name? Um It's it's an Jean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wants to be a famous jazz trumpet it's player. Miles. No. <laughs> Trump. Trumpy. <laughs> Peter, do you have an idea? Uh, no, but I think he's right about the movie. But I don't. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right about the movie. His it's the alligator, and his name is Louis. You know that. Oh, Louis. Louis. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't just call this character a lizard. I don't do that tongue thing. Is it? Um, Peter, is it, um, uh, Monsters Incorporated? No, damn it. I, I was going to say, is it, cause, uh, what's his name? Uh, Buscemi. Is his character's name Seymour? Isn't he a lizard? Yeah. It's, he's a, like, yeah, a lizard. Monster. He's kind of a, yeah. <laughs> he's a chameleon. Oh, very, but, oh yeah. He's a chameleon. Like it feels like the kind of thing like, yeah, but he's not a sidekick. No. Are you thinking tangled? Oh, you're right. He's not a sidekick. I'm sorry. Is it tangled? It's not tangled. Don't just call this character a lizard. And he'll he would be like this. Um, <clears throat> I don't do that tongue thing. Aaron. Yes. Is it Mulan? It is Mulan. It's the dragon. Mushu. It, yep. Uh, there you uh, go. <laughs> he can be a bit of a kleptomaniac. Oh, 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 oh my God! I'm so terrible. I just confused series. I was about to say that cute little otter guy in Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> but that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So never mind. Uh-huh. If you need another hint, I can throw another hint. Throw another hint. Okay, so he can be a bit of a kleptomaniac. He also changes into an elephant. What am I not thinking of? <laughs> Aaron. Yes. Aladdin, Abu? Yep. There you go. Oh. These two taught him a motto and rescued him from vultures. Aaron? Mm-hmm. Timon and Pumbaa? That's correct. Wait, what's that? Oh. We have two more here. It is Hakuna Matata. Okay. It means no worries. Okay. <laughs> you know you want to start singing it. A duo that warm warmed up to John Smith. Hey, wait, can you repeat it? What? A duo that warmed up to John Smith. I don't know. Well, it's Pocahontas. That's correct. But I have no idea what the... Is it like a raccoon or something? It is. <laughs> and a hummingbird. I have no idea. What are their names? No idea. Flit and Amico. Okay. Last one. This character also lives in Mother Golf's secluded tower. Well, I mean, Peter, it's Tangled, right? It is Tangled. Uh, yeah, again, I don't know these characters' names. Like, I'm terrible with this. Aaron, it was Pascal. Yes. Right? Yeah. All right. You said that earlier. I did. Okay. <laughs> so, totaling up, I have two, mm-hmm. since you guys didn't get the one. Peter has one, and Aaron has... One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Right. Aaron, you are the winner of really? this week's games of Hey Hey, What's the Name of That Sidekick? Hey Hey. <laughs> All right. Thanks for playing. That was fun. Wasn't All right. It? Okay. Well, let's move on now. Yes, that was fun. Thank you. Thank you for creating the game. You're welcome. Let's move on now. Let's get down to our presents. What's out now? These are movies that are coming out on Blu ray or DVD this week. And we have Peach Dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was okay. I liked it. Uh, the BFG. It was okay, too. You liked it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't Breathe. Love it. Well, I really like it. Didn't see it, but... It it's an amazing... It's a great Blu-ray. It looks amazing. The print looks great. Absolutely fabulous, the movie. I've never seen that show. 
I never seen the show either. Yeah. I know a lot of people were excited about the movie. I just never saw the show. There's a there's a show. It's a British show. Oh, it's British. Yeah. yeah. And the wildlife. This was some animated movie from Lionsgate that came out about like Robinson Crusoe and animals. Oh. Well, I guess like everything before Don't Breathe is probably a good thing to go get. Seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's extre- that's what's out now. Uh, extremely cool. These are things that are now on Netflix that I can recommend in some way. Uh, not too many new releases, but I did see that Judge Dredd is now on Netflix. You mean and Judge Dredd or Dredd? No, Judge Dredd. Uh, well. Which I brought up last week, but I'm going to say again. You don't have to watch Judge Dredd by yourself. You can listen to our Out Now with Aaron and Abe commentary track <laughs> and watch Judge Dredd that way. Probably be better. Damn right it would be. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, let's see. Next week's show. Next week, I think Abe will be back, and um, I'm not sure what we're gonna talk about next week. I know Jackie opens in limited release, so that'd be a little hard to talk about as a full episode. But uh, so uh, we'll figure it out. We got some, we got some, we got some time to work on what we're gonna talk about next week as far as uh, new releases go. Uh, maybe we'll do something completely different. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that's that. Uh, last thing we do here: what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next, Peter? What should people go and see in theaters right now? Um, I'd say I'd still say Moana. Um, and, but I do hope that people get to check out Moonlight if they can, if it's in their, if it's in their town. Yeah. What are you seeing next? Uh, office Christmas party. Anna, what should people go and see in theaters right now? I'd recommend Moana and I also would recommend Lion. Those are my two. And what are you seeing next? And I may see Jackie. And if I don't see Jackie, then I'm going to watch Holiday Inn. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen Jackie, Aaron? Uh, no, that's the movie I'm going to see next, actually. Okay. I've, okay, I've seen it, but I didn't know if you want me to not to say what I feel like. I... You could have if you wanted to. Oh, I loved it. It's great. All right. it's great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say people should see Moana. I think people should see Edge of Seventeen, because that movie is yes. very... It's not doing nearly as well very in the box good. office as yeah. a movie like yeah. it should, because it's just a good original uh, teen drama comedy thing. Uh, Arrival is still good and out yeah. there. Arrival's great. And Loving is quite good as well. So uh, there's just lots mm-hmm. of, lots of good things at the theaters right now to go check out. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with all of that in mind, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. You can find all my written movie reviews over there as well as on ysablu.com. You can find me writing daily over at screenrant.com and on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Miss Anna Bosch? Yes? Where can people find more of your work online? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at WriteToRecite and sometimes – Given if I go to Jackie or like a, a screening with the festival, you can um, go to Newport Beach Film Festival and we have a blog mm-hmm. that I um, try to keep up there. And yeah. All right. Peter Paris, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Pajamo, P-A-J-M-O, uh, also on Instagram. But then I'm writing right now for Game Revolution. What was the latest uh, game you reviewed? Uh, the Last Call of Duty. It was pretty good, actually. One is of, it? Yeah. Call of Duty Space Wars? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Space Wars, that's The next thing I might be – I'm not doing the review, but I might be writing about the new Final Fantasy. I'm looking to see if I'm getting a code for it, and so I might write an article on that. So Cool beans. Amazing. All right, so – That's what Peter would say, actually. You, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can also find more – you can find every other episode of Out in the Hour of the Internet over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. Feel free to also find us on outnow.potomatic.com and find us on SoundCloud. You can email us at your thoughts on Moana and anything else we talked about today over at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us over on Facebook and Twitter at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. 
visit our Tumblr page and give us plenty of gifts of crazy Moana things you can find over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. Those coconuts. Exactly. Pecamoras. Uh, with all that said, <laughs> Anna, Peter, thank you very much for joining me this week. Thanks. It was sure. fun. Man, yeah. You know, and you know what, guys? You see the line where the sky meets the sea? It calls me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. All right. Well, Thanks for having me, though. Of course. And, uh, yeah, until next week when we figure out whatever we're going to do, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Later. Yes. And it's amazing. I was yeah. like, watch this, movie. this movie's amazing. Like, I'm sure Miller's Crossing is great. It's just for some no, reason. No, no, it's going to be amazing. <laughs>